Happy International Women's Day to all aboard the good ship HMS PTL, hashtag STFC. The UN theme for this year is Digit All. And tonight we're delivering innovation and technology for gender equality in spades. First up, joining us via the innovative digital medium of Twitter spaces are all of James Lally's new signings. That's Mia Mugford. Anna Barnes and Charlie Rowlands. The terrific trio are joining us for a round of your silly questions. Helping us to put these crafty conundrums to our star guests are the equally spiffy women that score all the goals. That's Annie Golston Colston and the woman who tops the assist charts, Helena Diaz Butcher. Yep, we have them digital. We'll also be reviewing a superb away day out for us all in East London as town muscled a point off tabletoppers late in Orient. We'll be previewing Saturday's home clash with some high-flying Cumbrians. We've got news and analysis of a new signing for Swindon Town on the pitch. And we'll be breaking news on Swindon Town's new on-pitch announcer who will be in place at the county ground from approximately 1.45 on Saturday. But let me first introduce you to my panel for this evening. I have Annie. How are we, Annie? I'm very good. How are you? Very good. So you've gone from uh, what's 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 the word here? You've gone from poacher to gamekeeper, Annie. It's fair to say with a switch onto the panel and uh, joining joining you as uh, sort of making that switch is Lanes. How are you, Lanes? I'm good, thank you. Uh, it's an absolute treat to have you with us. Uh, we've also got uh, the regulars with me tonight. Joe, how are we, buddy? Good evening, mate. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. We've got Chris. Yeah, it was a very good one. It's going to be a fun night, I think. Oh, I think so. And we've also got Ellis. How are we, Ellis? I am smashing Hannah's. It, well, it's good. To, it's good to hear. Um, I think Charlie's Charlie's having a little bit of technical trouble trying to jump on the show at the moment. She's currently a listener. We're desperately trying to get her uh, to um, flick the mic on. Um, Charlie, if you're listening, um, and it's as simple as being on your smartphone, um, just uh, j- accept the speaker request, flick your mic on, and we're away. And make sure you are trying to join us via a smartphone as opposed to a laptop. Um, otherwise, you won't be able to um, speak on the show, although you'll still be able to listen as you're doing at the moment. So um, we'll give Charlie a few seconds to um, sort those bits and bobs out. Um, Annie, as I said, you're um, what's the best way of putting it? You're a um, a, a, <laughs> a a goal scoring ledge from the weekend. But you're uh, you're you're picking up questioning duties tonight. You've never done anything like this before, have you? No, I have not. This is my first. This is your first time. And and, and Lane's as well. Normally, you're fielding questions as opposed to uh, actually uh, asking them. Are you feeling comfortable about that? Not really, but I'll give it a <laughs> Right. So, um, just again, bear with us, dear listener. I'm, I've got Charlie messaging me frantically saying she's not receiving a speaker request. I promise, Charlie, we are. Um, Charlie, what you can also do is you can actually send me a request to speak as well. Um, The delights of Twitter spaces, guys. At least the show's not skipping out this week. So, Charlie, if you look in your menu um, on the screen in front of you and hit request to speak, you should pop up as a speaker request. So, fingers crossed, we can get that rolling. 
Um, just bear with us. Right. Okay. Well, listen. We will. Um, we'll endeavour to um, crack on in the meantime. Um, just again, receiving sorry, dear listener, for the last minute technical hitches. It's always the case with a live show, and one of our guests doesn't seem to be able to jump on at the moment. So we're going to keep endeavouring to get you on, Joe. Can you beaver away in the background as well to see whether or not you can? Um, as one of my co-hosts, can you see whether you can get um, a speaker request out of Charlie from your end as well? Yeah, I have tried, mate. Um, let's say, Charlie, maybe if you try leaving the, the space and then coming back on uh, and then just pressing the left-hand button on the screen, just a little microphone, that should work. Right. Well, what we'll do in the meantime is... We will introduce our other two wonderful, wonderful star guests for tonight. So we've got Anna joining us. How are you, Anna? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, snuggle down into the Saturn Broadbent Lounge, Anna. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be a bumpy ride. And Mia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Now you you ladies been in demand this week. You're you're veritable media stars, aren't you? What's what's it what's life like in the spotlight? Uh, it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's, it must be quite a change for you, Mia, because obviously both yourself and Anna, and well, and indeed Charlie, um, you've all been um, associated with the club previously. But so many changes, and the club's profile is absolutely rocketing, isn't it? Um, so again, that must seem kind of strange, right? Because it's the same club, but it's kind of not. Yeah, but it's good to see it um, changing and more opportunities being given. And and how about you, Anna? Because obviously you've you've been you've been with our friends down the road. What's it like coming back to Swindon Town? And again, it's the same the same badge, quite a lot of the same people, but um, under different ownership. It's it's all very much changed, doesn't it? Yeah, changed massively, but definitely for the better. Um, I never thought this would happen um, at Swindon Town, so for it to happen is amazing. Ah, oh, absolutely outstanding. It's lovely to hear. Um, we're still, Mia and Anna, beavering away trying to get Charlie up and she's messaging Joe frantically. So what we'll do, we'll um, keep our fingers crossed that we're going to be able to get the tech to work for Charlie. who's jumped off the, the show, as I see, and hopefully she's going to be rejoining. Um, so um, first questions first. I'll tell you what, um, I'll get the ball rolling, guys. Um, and this is for all of you, really. So hopefully Charlie will come on at the tail end of this, which is you each have a minute. Can you introduce yourself properly to the listeners? So, Anna, let's go with you. 60 seconds start now. Um, I'm Anna. Uh, I was at the club when I was 16 until I was 19. Um, left for a bit as I'm down at Uni in Plymouth. Um, so joined Argyle for a, a six-month spell. But I've come back to Swindon Town, even though I'm still down in Plymouth for Uni. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're only 20 seconds in. I want. We need more from you, Anna. We need more from you. I'll ask you some questions. Did you eat pasties while you were down there? No, I don't like pasties. I'm more of a sausage roll kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> and are you still studying down in Plymouth? Sorry? Are you still studying down in Plymouth? Yeah, I'm studying um, PE teaching at Plymouth Marjorie. Uni. Oh, wow. And are you still based down there or are you Swindon based? Uh, yeah, I'm still based down here. Um, and then when I come back home, I'm based in Gloucester. So I 
make the journey up to Swindon, which is only about 40 minutes from Gloucester, but a lot further from Plymouth. <laughs> very good. And you're very welcome. I'm delighted to say that Charlie's also very welcome. Hello, Charlie. I'm so sorry. Good evening to you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> mortified. I've struggled so badly, but I'm here now. I'm really sorry. That's all right. Charlie, listen, don't you worry. We're going to get you back. Some of these questions are brutal. I don't mind. <laughs> That's all right, then. <laughs> so, Charlie, I'm sure I'm sure you probably picked up on it. You've got 60 seconds to introduce yourself, but not just yet, because Mia's next in okay. line. So, Mia, your, your 60 seconds start now. Okay, so I'm um, Mia. Um, I've played at Swindon pretty much my whole life, but Swindon Town Women, I started at, like, under-15s. Um, then I left in 2018 to go and study and play in America. Um, and now I've my four and a half years have, have been up. So I'm back at Swindon. And I, that's about it. Oh, you you lot. Come on, you're making me earn my corn tonight, <laughs> aren't you? That can't be about it. So come on, there's, there's got to be something more. You've got 30 seconds left, Mia. Come on, dish the dirt. Come and dig, dig into the darkest the darkest corners of your life <laughs> and uh, and tell us something interesting. Um, I don't know, you've put me on the spot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll let you off. We're breaking you in gently. Yeah. Charlie, your 60 seconds start now. Okay, um, my name's Charlie. Um, I played for Swindon when I was 16. I went to the Gothia Cup with a couple of the girls that are still there now. Um, I've played for Forest Green previously and also Tuffley Rovers when I was a kid. I've not got much else to tell you. Um, I've got a <laughs> lovely few siblings. I've got a little brother called Dino, who's a little racing driver. Um, and I've got two twins that are eight years old, brother and sister. And then I've got a brother called Ethan who plays rugby for Jamaica. Oh, absolutely amazing. So busy home life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, you've done very well. Congratulations to the three of you. Um, we've, you have officially broken the ice and we are going to continue to roll forward. Um, so one more question from me, again, to the three of you. Um, who do you support and who are your idols as kids? Do it in reverse order, Charlie. How about you go first? So who do you support and who were your idols as a kid? Uh, I support Arsenal. Um, my idols as kids, I'd definitely say Alex Scott was up there. Um in terms of women footballers, really enjoyed watching Alex Scott captain Arsenal. Um, and then I'm a massive Cristiano Ronaldo fan. I think his work ethic sorry, is something that I really admire. Yeah, absolutely tremendous. Um, but you'll be aware, Charlie, of what happened in 1969 on League Cup final day. You're going to have to tell me. Well, the Arsenal went to Wembley and they walked the Wembley way. Joe, what happened next? Uh, they thought they had it easy. They thought they'd won the cup. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chris? Do you want to finish us off? Along came Swindon Town and fucked the bastards up. <laughs> so, sorry, Charlie. Your choice of club is absolutely Yeah, appalling, it sounds about right. But more, more of that to come. Um, Mia, how about you? Um, who do you support and who are your idols as a kid? Uh, well, I don't really want to say who I support now because I'm going to get hated on. <laughs> Anyone but Oxford, you can stay. I'm an Arsenal fan as well. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. No, we've, yeah. done, we've done that bit. Yeah. Uh, Charlie's giving you top cover, Mia. <laughs> so who are, your idol who are your idols as a kid, Mia? Um, I really like watching Messi I mean I think he, everyone knows he's like a great player and I just like the way he plays 
I've, do you know what, Mir? I've been very, very lucky to go and watch football at the Camp Nou. And I can honestly say I saw a young Lionel Messi running from the right wing to like infield. I've never seen someone run so fast with the ball at their feet. It was absolutely, like, literally phenomenal. And you already you already know that he's a special player because obviously you watch him on telly. Yeah. But to, to see the speed that he moves with a ball at his feet is phenomenal. So we've got Ronaldo, we've got Messi. Fine choices all round. How about you, Anna? Um, who do you support and who are your idols as a kid? Uh, I support Man United, which is probably worse than Arsenal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Uh, as a kid, I'd probably say I remember watching Steph Horton a lot. Um, but I didn't really watch much football as I was younger. I watched more tennis, so I looked up to Rafa Nadal a lot. Well, Steph Horton's a fantastic choice as a hero. You'll be aware that um, her husband's an absolute legend at Swindon Town. Anna, were you aware of that? Um, I saw a little bit, but I'm not, uh, I'm not aware of it massively. So, 2010 uh, playoff semi-final at Charlton. Steph Horton's husband, Stephen Darby, scored the as a 90, precocious 19-year-old. Um, buried a penalty in the top right, uh, bottom right-hand corner that took us to Wembley. Um, and uh, we send Stephen Darby all of our love as usual. Um, and sorry, Anna, your your idols were I completely missed that because I was I was. Um, I was busy sort of dreaming about Stephen Derby. Um, I said I didn't really watch much football as I was younger. I watched more tennis, so I looked up to Rafa Nadal quite a bit. Just because of his, yeah, he's quite athletic. Yeah, he's another one, isn't he? With just absolutely ferocious work rate. Very kind of Cristiano Ronaldo-esque, but obviously with racket in hand. Um, Yeah, definitely. All right. Okay, so look, you've heard enough talking from me. Joe, you've got the next question. I do, yeah. So, I mean, we kind of did a little bit of an intro with each of you at the start of the show but if you could give us one interesting fact about yourself what would it be so Anna let's go with you this time uh sticking on the tennis aspect of it I've played tennis at Wimbledon oh wow oh outstanding um so basically there's like a regional tournament that you do when you're younger Mm. um and if you win that you go and play against everyone else that's won in their within their region I think um, so at the age of 13, I was in a competition playing against kids my age, but on the Wimbledon courts. Blimey. Oh, that is a really, <laughs> really interesting fact. I'll tell you what, the other two have got their work I was going to say, like, <laughs> we've, we've set up Mia and Charlie here for a real tough time. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> you ever played at Wimbledon? Uh, no, and now I'm in panic mode. <laughs> um, I would say my most interesting fact is that my uncle David played for Watford when they were in the Premier League um, a fair few years ago now, David Johnson. He was their number 10. That's nice. Sorry, say that again. I'll say that's probably one for Hannah's to remember. I think that's a bit beyond my time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) David David Johnson. I've got vague memories of David Johnson. Again, you say he's the number 10. I'm going to have to look that up in the background. I'm going to look that up in the background. As soon as I see his face, I'll know all about him. Happy days. Uh, Mia, you're last. Give us an interesting fact about yourself. I guess I'm not really interesting because I can't think of anything. Oh, no. Must be something. <laughs> um... Mia, the, the state of your Instagram and you're dropping that on us. <laughs> um... I mean, moving to America to play football is like yeah, a fairly interesting that, thing. That. I moved to America to play football for five years. <laughs> Whereabouts did you go in America? Um, I done two years in Mississippi at a JUCO, and then I transferred to a four year and done my done an extra three years at um, 
University of Mobile in Alabama. So I stayed down south. There you go. That that is fairly interesting. Not many people can say that. <laughs> right, who we got next? Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm desperately now trying to find David Johnson online and I can't find him. This is really annoying me. <laughs> right, who we got next? Who's got the next question? I believe I <clears throat> I believe I do. Go on, um, hit us with it. Well, we sort of touched on this, but can you each tell us your biggest inspiration in football? So, um, so we can sort of spin that and say sort of who's helped you along your journey in football. Who wants to go first? Well, I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> obviously, I think my parents have been a massive help in like taking me to fixtures every weekend and training and helping me get to America. And if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't be able to do any of it so they're my biggest inspirations towards my football Mia could I could I butt in at this stage because I'm a I'm a a parent of six and it's the idea of one of my kids going like to the states whilst it's something I would love to see it also absolutely terrifies me do you still remember the look on your parents face when you departed or 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 was it just a question of right we got the room back now we stick a pool table in there (laughs) yeah no I think (laughs) I think they were happy about it, really, because they got cheap holidays. So, <laughs> no, they wanted me to go, and obviously it was sad for them, but they just wanted me to go out there and do what I loved. So I think they were happy. Oh, amazing! I say Wales is far enough. Never mind America. <laughs> yes, Chris, speaking from personal experience, aren't you? Um, but yeah, um, Alabama, absolutely incredible. Um, what a place to what a place to journey to. Sorry, Ellis, don't let me hijack your questions. I'm just no, dropping some fine. soppy <laughs> some soppy parent banter in there for you. <laughs> um, Anna, we'll go with you now. Uh, probably similar to Mia, I'd say my family. Um, my dad loves me playing football, and so did my granddad. Um, so they always used to come to my games and stuff like that and my dad used to take me to up and down to Bristol two times a week when I was uh, younger um my mum loves me playing football as well she watches occasionally but I think she did prefer me playing tennis um (laughs) but she still comes and supports me and yeah probably my parents are the biggest inspiration yeah nice and Charlie what about you yeah I don't mean to be unoriginal but mine would be my parents as well um (laughs) my dad's my whole life he's been driving me up and down the country until I could drive myself um to Bristol and back and all sorts all over the country our fixtures are quite spread out when I was younger um and he's always keeping me on the track making sure I'm running enough eating the right things and he's always motivating me so yeah definitely my dad yeah what would we do without our parents hey what would we do without them I'll tell you, my, my kids would tell you a few things they'd do without me I don't... <laughs> As soon as but two of them had just disappeared off the university, they'd definitely tell you what they would do without me. Um, right, what we got for the next one? Um, it's you, Joe, again. It is indeed, yeah. So this one's just for Mia. Um, so US college sports have got a massive reputation for being massive. Um, I mean, as does women's soccer, especially over stateside. What's the biggest crowd you've ever played in front of uh, over in the US? Have you played in front of some big crowds? Um, I don't know the exact figure, but yeah, the crowds were pretty big every home game, especially because we had a lot of like international students and like the international um, 
officer lady, whatever you want to call them. Um, she would always get all the international students and all the other students to come along. So it was it was always pretty busy. It's mad, isn't it? Because like I think, especially over stateside, it's maybe one of the only countries, maybe along with Canada, that the women's game is probably bigger than the men's game over there. Yeah, no, I um, I said this the other day. Um, it is really big when it's like college sports, but after college, there's not much opportunities as there is compared to here, like to play after college level. So at a high level anyway, or higher level. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, like I said, I, I suppose basing it off of the, the US women's national team, I mean, they sell out like 70,000 seat stadiums, don't they, for their games? Yeah. But I suppose a lot of their players probably play for your, your Barcelona's, your PSG's and your yeah. Chelsea's and stuff. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. So, Mia, obviously, the it, it must be really... It's quite an interesting sort of scenario for you then, because obviously when you went when you left Swindon and you went off to Alabama, um, the, the notion that Swindon would be in the position they're at now where they're playing games at the county ground and so on and such like, that must have seemed like a million years away. And then you've, you've gone and had this journey where you've played in front of, you know, thousands of people out in the States. I mean, that in itself must have been psychologically quite a journey for you, but... That at the same time, coming back to Swindon now on the journey that Swindon are on, playing more games at the county ground and Foundation Park, that that clearly won't daunt you in the slightest, I'd imagine. Oh, I think it will a little bit. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I always do like get like nervous and stuff before any game, you know, like even if there isn't many people. But I think that's a good thing in a way to just shows that I care about what I'm doing. Yeah, of course you do. Absolutely, and and so and I'm pulling on the pulling on the glorious red. I mean, that'd make any of us nervous. Exactly, it? yeah. Like got to perform for the badge, um, Chris. You've got the next one. Uh, this is um, one again for Mia. Um, can pigs swim? Uh, yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> Care to enlighten the listener, Mia? Uh, I went to the Bahamas um, in December. And I went swimming with the pigs and fed them sausages, but they were chicken sausages, not pork sausages. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. So you went to the Bahamas of all places and you were swimming with the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Can you remember any of the pigs' names? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> no. Dear listener, I would urge you to go and look at Mia's uh, Instagram. It is truly incredible stuff. Truly incredible stuff. I, I don't think I'd ever seen a pig swim, Mia, until I and I. At the same time, a pig swimming in the sunshine. <laughs> I mean, I just just gobsmacked. So many questions, Mia. So many <laughs> questions. Um, so, and here's another question for you, Mia. And this one's from me again, state stateside related. Um, oh, in fact, sorry, this is from Joe, isn't it? Sorry, Joe, you crack on. It is trying to steal my thunder there, mate. Um. <laughs> In fact, no, it's not. It's yours. I'm seeing your thunder. Oh, it is mine. Sorry. Right. So, Mia, yeah. so now you're home. We therefore understand, to quote Green Day, you don't want to be an American idiot. Please tell us <laughs> your best story of American idiocy. Oh, God. I need to pick the best one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I've done a lot of stupid things, but. Me, <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, why are you why are you assuming responsibility for American idiocy, Mia? Surely you were on the receiving end of some American idiocy oh, or yeah. saw some while you were out there. Yeah, a lot. But I'm just <laughs> just trying to think of which one to say. <laughs> um, honestly, for me, like this may I don't know if this is like answering your question, but like just walking around, like going to Walmart or something, and you're seeing someone with a gun on their hip like that's actually just crazy to me <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a fair one yes um get, given given the country's recent record that people still would insist on walking around with a shooter yeah. um it's pro- yeah probably not the best um but oh okay um now this is where the big guns are coming out because this is where lanes is going to start asking questions so lanes you're locked and loaded let's go Okay, mine's for Charlie. So my question is, uh, what made you come back to Swindon? Um, other than getting to see you every day, Helena. Um, Apart from that, yeah, obviously. obviously. Um, I think the coaching staff, um, after speaking to Lally and KP, um, they sort of sold a very good case that my development was at hand and that I'd, I'd have the best around me, which I agree. I think... Um, challenging myself was another reason for coming to Swindon and I have those really good memories of playing when I was 16 with a lot of the current squad at the Gothia Cup as I said earlier so it was an easy choice for me Marvellous Joe you got the next one looks like Charlie's also got yeah this is also for Charlie right? It is yeah so I mean this one I was cowardly given last minute because we had one of the uh, the other girls asking this question but Hannah's was like, no, it's too close to the bone. So, Charlie, <laughs> have you ever hugged a tree? <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> not not as of yet, but um, Dale Vince can be persuasive and I wouldn't put it past me to have to hug some trees during my time. To be honest, if Duncan Ferguson shouted at me and told me to hug a tree, I'd probably go further than hugging it. That's a good shout, actually, Charlie. Have you ever met? Have you met Duncan yet? Yeah, I, I see him quite regularly um, with what I do at work, um, and he's actually very lovely. He is stern and scary if you're one of his players, but to us staff, he's really lovely and down to earth. He is an absolute. I met him, Charlie. I met Duncan Ferguson um, after he signed for Glasgow Rangers for four million quid which back then was a British record. The idea of them doing that now just might boggles the mind. But he was coming in um, as the replacement for Mark Haightley, who had the most incredible strike partnership with uh, Talk Sports' Ali McCoist. And um, anyway, waiting around outside the stadium for a picture afterwards. And uh, he realised I was English and he put me in a headlock. Um, and that was the picture. I've got a picture of Duncan Ferguson with me in a headlock. Bearing in mind, he just signed for one of the biggest footballing institutions in Glasgow at the time. Um, I can look back now. I thought it was quite funny, but I will dig the picture out, ladies and gents, and I will tweet it. I have been put in a headlock by Duncan Ferguson, and he's quite the guy, let me tell you. Um, but hey, like I said, we're still all friends. Not not that I'd be anything other than that with dear Duncan, who's a bit of a lump. Um, right, what have we got next? Ellis, you've got the next one. I do. This one is also for you, Charlie. Um, is it true that tofu is a martial art involving the digits on your feet? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm not really sure what Have to you... take from that question. 
Well, Charlie, you've got Kung Fu and then you've got Tofu. Right. So I think what what the listener's getting at here is like is is tofu actually as opposed to it being a curd that you might eat at Forest Green. Is it in fact a martial art involving your Christ, toes? Who writes these? <laughs> Um, I think I probably prefer the kind of kung fu with your feet than I do the taste of tofu, if I'm honest. But at Forest Green, they do it very well. And some of the tofu that we have in our meals at the stadium are really, really lovely. Oh, you're just towing the party line. You're not fooling anyone. We've all heard what Gav Gav Gunning's made of the Forest Green food. <laughs> um, right, I talked about big guns. We've got the biggest gun of them all here, and she's talking about she's talking about the big guns as well. Annie, fire away. Hello. So my one is for Charlie as well. Um, can you describe the best ever goal you've scored? That's a good question. Um, wow. Uh, one of my favourites will probably be. Uh, in the Goffia Cup, actually, I scored a couple there that were quite important. Um, one where we won a game three-two to send us through to the knockouts, and another was a penalty in a penalty shootout. Um, and forgive me for my sins, but I scored a quite important goal for Forest Green Rovers, um, which won us the County Cup when I was a bit younger, and I, I always remember that one. You said forgive me. It wasn't against us, was it? Absolutely not. No. Oh. God bless you. Well, that's all right then. Right, let's see what else we got here. Um, so it's it's actually interesting because Annie, obviously, you and Charlie linking up there, but uh, you two moving forward, you, you there is. I think when when Charlie first re-signed for the club, I think the first question that sort of pops up into my mind is: is that direct competition for you, Annie, and indeed for you, Charlie? Or do you can you guys knowing your styles because the listeners won't necessarily. Will you? Do you guys see that there's a potential partnership there? Uh, yeah, I mean, a bit of competition is always healthy. And um, as much as this competition, I also think I can learn a lot from Annie. Um, like her track record speaks for itself. And I've got a lot to learn from watching how she plays. Um, but also that opportunity to link up, I think, going forward, there's definitely room for us to play together up front and have really good link-ups. And the way we play complements each other, for sure. Yeah, and Annie, I'm guessing, like, listening to Charlie there, like, a sort of, not necessarily, um, not that you're you're certainly not struggling under the burden because your goal record this year has been absolutely off the charts. But I'm, I'm guessing having Charlie along the way, sort of sharing some of that goal-scoring burdens, uh, probably going to be welcome for you as well, isn't it? Um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, just echoing what Charlie said, it's nice to have someone else on the team that can... You know, help with the goal scoring. <laughs> because if I go on a goal drought, then there's quite a lot of pressure on me if we're not scoring. So, mm. And I'll tell you who's going to definitely benefit from having you both in the squad is um, Emerson Evans, obviously. Scored her first senior goal recently, but um, I'm sure she's going to be delighted to have both you, Annie, and you, Charlie, there to be learning from. Yeah, it's always nice when some of the uh, development squad or the younger players come up and, and join the first team and, and try and sort of get all of the sort of guidance they can out of us it's always nice when we try and help them out so here's uh, the next question is for all three of you but we're going to go with you Mia to start with who do you room with on away trips and what are their annoying habits appreciate you're not always necessarily staying away so we'll include who do you sit next to on the coach well I've only been on one away trip and I shared the room with Gypsy um and what was, 
What's the other part of the question? <laughs> what's her anno- What's her most annoying habit? Well, it wasn't just me sharing a room with Gypsy. It was me and her, me, her and her boyfriend <laughs> on FaceTime. <laughs> oh, my God. Please don't take it there. Please don't take it there. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know, Joe. Chris, should we probe a little further uh, here? Or should we, how does your should we, should we be gentlemen? <laughs> I'm blushing, Mia, now. You've got me blushing, for goodness sake. Let's move so, on. Let's, let's move on, Gypsy. You've, you've, your embarrassment's being saved. Mia, fair, fair play to you. Just return to the club and uh, keeping her relationships all intact. How, how about you then, Anna? Anna what's um, who, who who did you room with at St Austell and, and what was their annoying habit? Uh, I room with Annie. Uh, yes. I don't know what her annoying habit is, actually. Oh, no, um, where you go in, Anna. Come on, Anna. Take, take the opportunity, go in. <laughs> No, we just had a nice night. We just watched Gogglebox and fell asleep, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, does, does Annie snore? No, she didn't, actually. She said she would, but she didn't. Does she sleepwalk? No, well, I didn't notice oh. anyway. Oh, <laughs> <Annie>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Charlie, round us off. Um, I share with Tori. Um, and to be fair, Tori yeah, she doesn't have any annoying habits. And I'm not joking. I think it was me that was the annoying one. Because um, I was just tossing and turning all night, worrying about playing the next day. <laughs> so um, I think it was me that was keeping her up by just not shutting up the whole time. Did she throw a pillow at you? No, to be fair, I just kind of tried to stay as quiet as I could. And then she put match of the day on to, to sort of sound me out, I think. And it worked pretty well. Good for you. What we want to know is who that... shared with Lanes and why am I imagining Lanes to be like Neil on the Inbetweeners when it went to Swanage? You know, bo- bottle of vodka. <laughs> Emily actually had the privilege of sharing with me. Privilege? Or, you know. No privilege, privilege. Okay. Well, one of those like, so, like, like... lessons, choosing your father's side team, and it was like all lined up on a wall. Lanes is last. You go, oh, okay, all right. I'll do it this one time, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Lanes, did uh, you t- dish the dirt then, Lane? So, obviously, you're, you're rooming with the keeper. We, we've all got bizarre habits, goalkeepers. What's hers? She honestly was on TikTok till about 4 a.m. Like, I'm trying to sleep, and all I could hear was TikTok from her bed. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, keeps. See, you'll all remember the David James story, or maybe you won't because maybe you're a bit young. But David James blamed the him failing to reach the heights that, that his career should have reached on a Nintendo addiction and playing. I think it's Mario Kart, Joe, wasn't it? Or Chris? Someone help me here. Um, he, he blames playing too much Nintendo and the and the games console affecting his concentration on the Saturday every time he dropped a clang. To be fair, I mean the guy played till he was about eighty five years old, so he did all right for himself. Yeah, he didn't have a bad career, did he? Let's be honest. Um, right. So, Lanes, back to you with the big question. So, Lanes is going full on Paxman here. My question's for Anna. Um, mine is, name your toughest opponent and why. And you've also played against us as well, Anna. So, <laughs> careful. Not out the FA Cup, for God's sake. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'd probably say... Obviously Swindon, uh, but Oxford as well. Um, we've played. I played Oxford for both Swindon and um, Argyle. So did you, get booked, always... did you get booked in both games? No, never. 
Um, but yeah, they're just a really strong side. They have an incredible setup behind them. So uh, tough to beat them. Oh, that's that's depressing to hear. Thanks, thanks for including us. You didn't mean it, but uh... <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> Anna, did you actually play directly against? So you're um, you're a fullback, Anna. You sorry, forgive my ignorance. Are you left or right back? Uh, either. Either were you? Did you play? Were you up against um, fighty lanes when uh, when we played Plymouth? Because obviously Lanes uh, decided that she wanted to scrap the world uh, when we played Plymouth. Uh, no, I was I was the opposite side to her against um, <laughs> Swindon, but uh, I did stop her from getting an assist. I remember that one. Yeah, and, but did you stop her from having a fight? Because uh, you know, pretty much everyone else tried to stop Lanes that day. That it's a pretty impossible. Wanted, wanted <laughs> I was ready to give it to her. Yeah, she, the first thing she said to me after the game was, um, who's your left pack and I don't like her. So I did feel, we did the commentary <laughs> that day. I felt like Joe Rogan on UFC. I was like, yeah, ready to call a knockout. I don't know what came over me that day, honestly. I was so angry. She's only 18 lanes, give her a break. Now I'm bullying children. <laughs> Real yeah. Have you had your, when's, when was your last DBS check, Lanes? You work in a school, for goodness sake. It's up to date. <laughs> right. Um, Chris, you've got the next one. Uh, <clears throat> this is a question for all of you, and it's a bit of general knowledge. So, your average person does what 13 times a day? And we'll start with you, Mia. Oh, 13 times a day? Um... Sneezes. Sneezes from Mia. Not bad. No, no, Anna, what's your... Oh, she's searching this up. She can't hear you. <laughs> Anna, what, what does the average person do 13 times a day? Anna, you are so Googling. Uh, no, I actually can't hear Chris. Um, cough. Cough. So we've got sneezing, coughing, neither of which are correct. Charlie, you can steal the gold. Is it weeing? That's quite a lot, actually, isn't it, for weeing? Maybe if you've got a urinary infection. That's like me on a Friday. I just wonder. Yeah, I know. Okay, fine. I think me on a Friday night. If you're weeing, yeah, that's a doctor's appointment. Okay, can I change mine? It wasn't locked in. (laughs) What's the answer, Chris? Put them out their misery. Uh, The answer is laugh. There you go. With our comedy gold, ladies, you've already laughed more than 13 times today. So we're going to send you off into tomorrow with a, a skip in your step. Um, next question is from uh, is from me, and it's for Anna. And Anna, the question from the uh, listener is, can the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge please refer to you as Digger Barnes? Uh, if you want to, I'd like to know the context of Digger Barnes. But yeah, of course. <laughs> so, well, Digger Barnes was an, was an 80s soap uh, villain. And he was so villainous and so famous back in the 80s that John Barnes then became Digger Barnes. John Barnes, of course, of World in Motion, Liverpool and England fame, including that goal at the Maracanã. So it's up to you, Anna. If you think that that isn't an insult, I think we're going to be calling you Digger from now on. I'll take it if you're calling John Barnes that, of course. Hey, there you are then. Right, well, we've hit the intermission period. So this is where the listeners, please feel free to go off, put the kettle on. Um, uh, But ladies, your job here isn't finished because your job is now, whilst the listener is making their cup of tea, getting their biscuits, to tell us the story of success 
on Sunday. So 2pm kickoff down in St. Austell. I think this has been quite an interesting one because obviously it was a long way for you guys to go and you actually stayed overnight, didn't you? Like we made the point of saying you don't tend to stay away many games. Um, but St. Austell was, was quite the trip and you did actually make it an overnighter. So, um, I mean, who who wants to go? Mia, how about you? Seeing as it's your first game back, because obviously so pictures of you circulated as well, like the announcement that your signing was made, it appeared to be whilst you guys were at the hotel. Um, and there you were catching up with all your old teammates, a few old faces and lots of new ones. So t- tell us the story of the day, Mia. Yeah, so um, we before the game, we actually took a trip down to Charlestown Harbour and went for a little walk. And then as the game started, we were playing pretty well. I think we had opportunities and the score didn't really reflect on the game as such. Um, it was put to me, Mia, that you were absolutely peppering the goalkeeper. Is that right in the first half? But you, literally, I think KP said you pretty much did everything but hit the back of the net. Yeah. Um, Annie had a couple of chances. Um, Meg had a couple of chances. Lanes. But I just think um, the pitch that we played on was actually terrible. I've never seen a pitch like it. So I don't think that was in our favours. Yeah, you. So it had a real slant. I mean, obviously, look, there are there are pitches that are known in the football league for having that sort of slight slant from one end to the other. But you had this crazy slant, didn't you, going side to yeah. side? I mean, just just how bad was it? Well, I think everyone's calves were hurt in the day after from it. So. <laughs> oh wow! So obviously, Charlie, you've just come back into the fray as well. I mean, what a nice way to start with an away trip. That must have been really good for bonding. Yeah, it was nice to get a night away with everyone so that I could really get to know who I was going to be playing with um, and sort of settle in with the group before the match day. So I really enjoyed the social time we had together. Mm. And and again, Anna, for you, like a bit of a bit of an old hand. You've obviously been with the club, and then you've you've been with the club at a young age, and then you've gone away. You've come back as well. How important was that for you settling in as a as a as an as an old new face, for want of a better word, with a you, you know first up having your trip down to Cornwall? Yeah, it was nice. I had an easier trip than the rest of the girls. It only took me around fifty minutes, um, so that was lovely. Um, but it was lovely to catch up with all the girls. I haven't seen a few of them since the Plymouth game so it's nice to properly talk to them and uh, find out how they've been doing that season so yeah Mm. and so ladies obviously the the second half we you know we we talked about the second half oh sorry the first half being their keeper being busy and us getting lots of chances Um, second half I'm told was pretty much of a muchness as per the first but you had to wait until the 88th minute for um, for Lanes and Annie who have linked up so many times I mean let's bring you two in um, Lanes, talk talk us through the goal because obviously you were on the you were on assist duty again, um, and a, a, a familiar pattern to that goal. Um, yeah, it was kind of like first half. Like, Annie just kept shouting at me to hit the ball first, like to cross it in first time because I just couldn't find her. She just stood behind a man or something. I don't know. It wasn't the bad balls, but um, yeah, no. Second half, I, I just hit it first time, hit the cross in first time, and she finished it. It's good. And we, we are literally talking sort of like the old routine. Whereabouts were you, Annie, when you finished? Was it sort of pinpoint you're inside the six-yard box as per? So poacher's goal or did you have a bit of work to do? Uh, no, pretty much six-yard box. Ball come across, hit it first time and it went bottom corner. They must have been absolutely devastated because for for St. Austell, that would have been a huge point for them, wouldn't it, really, given their, their struggles in the league this season? Yeah, I think, I think they were disappointed. Um because obviously such a late goal, it's always going to be heartbreaking for the team on the receiving end of that. But I think 
throughout the game, it was sort of inevitable that we were going to score. It was just about actually finishing the, the chances that we had. And also, Lanes, those balls, you were hitting it against the defender. They never even came in the box. You've got to stand in front of your first man. It was hitting, it was hitting the left back. It wasn't even coming in the box. Leave me alone. The pitch was slanted. Honestly, who the fuck cares how they felt? We won. Lost minute. <laughs> All right. Just excuse us. Cool. Angry Joe. Angry Joe. (laughs) He's taken after lanes. So, but good. Again, like it's been form of late, ladies, has been a little bit stuttery, isn't it? And with with an influx of new faces, I'm guessing it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I guess the result was more important than the... um, the three points were more important than the than the result. The result was more important than the performance, and so on and such like. Uh, we move as the youth of the day like to say. Silence. <laughs> so, Lanes, listen. Let's get back to the question, shall we? Congratulations, though, um, to the five of you. Um, cracking points on the road. Uh, like you said, at the end of the day, listen. Playing on a pitch like that, absolute cabbage patch ridiculous slant a team like them you know they're gonna i think the 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 men's we're going to talk about Leighton Orient and the um the, the men's results we've done typically better against better teams this season uh, the men's team where um they're a little bit more adventurous they're like you know they're not as kind of cautious in defense and i'm going to imagine that St Austell were pretty cautious at times getting bodies behind the ball um so to to go all that way stay overnight um, culturally, that's going to be quite a shift for you this season uh, to come away with three points in the bag. Congratulations to the five of you. Um, and uh, yeah, keep it up, guys. But back to the questions. Lanes, hope you've got this next one locked and loaded. I have. Um, so my question is for everybody. Um, I can't relate because I'm such a pleasant player to play against. But um, what is the worst thing you've ever said to an opponent? Okay, you go first then. That's you've not actually gone verbatim there, Lanes, have you? Because the actual listener's question was, "What's the filthiest thing you've said to an opponent?" So no, no, not at all. So that's open to interpretation, ladies. I will remind you all that we are after the watershed. Mia, go first. I couldn't pick one out if I'm honest with you. There's probably a few things. Mia, are you an? Are you, what sort of player are you? Are you suggesting you're an absolute shit house? I, I'm a little bit. I get a little bit angry sometimes. She oh, does. I won't have she, that on my team. Never. She scares me at training. <laughs> she shouts a lot. I don't so, cut, that behaviour. Sorry, what's, what's, your most, what's, what's your most recent slur, Mia? Oh, it was actually quite good on Sunday. I didn't say anything. So, <laughs> I, I, there was one time actually. I got um a red card in my last game at my Juco um, because the line, they, the other team scored a goal and the linesman called it offside, but the ref didn't see. And I was screaming like, ref, he's got his fucking flag up. And then he gave me a red card and I was so confused. And then everyone came off to me, came up to me at the end and said, Mia, did you call the ref a fucking faggot? And I was like, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what the ref made the ref made it up that you'd you'd called him a rude well, name. I think people misheard what I said, ah, and then, right. but I didn't actually say that. I wouldn't say that. But yeah, 
<laughs> Tricky one, that one. It's, yeah. it's the accent. I just love your accent. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? And yeah, that, that, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's two sides to that coin. Well, she does that training as well. She'd be like, where's the locker room? Oh, or she'd be like, where's the seats? And you're like, me, what? Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. Mia's me, me me literally... I was going to say right now. <laughs> Mia's got local. So we've got GPSs and she's like, where's my tracker? <laughs> <laughs> come on Mia what else have you picked up are you uh do you do you enjoy a juice box I do I'm quite partial to a juice box <laughs> very good <laughs> um no obviously I say I say shin guards I say cleats uh, we we're talking about it in training as well I say I say zucchini instead of what? courgette <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mia, don't worry. We've got to reclaim you. Hannah's is always taking the mick out of my accent as well. <laughs> well, come on, Chris. Like I've said to you many times, you put the no in Northerner. It's absolutely beautiful, your accent. Um, right, so well, that's Mia. How about you, Anna? What's the filthiest thing that you said to an opponent? I don't really say much. I know if I ever say anything. Anna, that, Anna, that's not true. KP's told me all about you. He said you're a right dark horse. <laughs> um, I, KP's probably referring to um, when I first signed for Swindon. Um, he saw that I was the only person in the league to get a sim bin. Um, so that's probably what he's referring to. I remember. I got. I think um, I disagreed with the ref's decision, and I thought there was a foul on me, but he gave it to the other team. So I just uh, launched the ball in the other direction. It sounds like another flag up incident there that Mia. I, I actually didn't say anything. I just kicked the ball and he instantly put me in a sim bin. But yeah, I don't normally say much because I know um, to never pick on someone bigger than me, and most people in the in the league are bigger than me. <laughs> Anna, let's just like clarify. Like when you say you booted the ball in the other direction, was it a proper John Smith's avid? Or was it wasn't. It... No, it wasn't that bad. I think I was just frustrated. You know, when you just kick it a little bit and it goes further than you think it does. I've I've got KP telling me right now that I've just thrown him under the bus, Anna. <laughs> no, I remember when I first signed, he mentioned it straight away, so he won't let me forget that. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, don't let me steal your thunder, but you, you've got one more one more of the uh, of, of the ladies to go. So, Charlie, um, what's what's the filthiest thing you've said to an opponent? To be fair, I do like to get at a ref and, and try. And you never, never, you don't give me that impression, try and Charlie. A decision where I can. Um, but I think the worst, and I'm not proud of this, but I do remember vividly one time threatening to cut someone's ponytail off <laughs> while we were playing. And I think that's probably the worst one. How are you going to do what? that then? How would you follow through with that threat? Well, it's, it was more of a promise than a threat. But okay. I was just like, mate, leave out or I'll cut your fucking ponytail off. And then that was, that was it. I know where you live. Oh, that's absolutely tremendous! Oh, I'd love to have been there for that. I'd, I'd, what was the expression on her face, Charlie? Um, I don't really remember. I wasn't that bothered. How many times <laughs> did Harry McCurdy get that last last year for Swindon? Keep going, I'll cut your fucking well, Voldem- tail off. Guarantee. Yeah, Voldem- Voldemort would have given yeah. him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Ellison. I hope you're listening. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that he would have said that to him. Oh, that's tremendous. I'll cut your ponytail off. I love it. Um, Charlie, I've got a question for you. Um, isn't it true that Forest Green are just a pub team from Cheltenham? Absolutely not. Um, I I prefer not to speak. 
Mourinho gifts all over the place, is it that? Uh, right, what we got, Joe? You got the next one. Yeah, I do. So this one is for Mia. Mia, tell us about Bryony Heard. Oh no, you've totally misread that, no? Joe. It, it's a pl- it's a play on words, isn't it? What? So Mia. Yeah. The question is, Mia, tell us what Bryony oh, heard. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, my fault. I don't know. What did Bryony hear? That's o- <laughs> I don't know. That's open to interpretation. <laughs> tell us what Bryony heard. I don't know what she heard. <laughs> I don't know. Discuss it's it amongst surname. yourselves. Yeah, no, I get it. I get her surname, Bryony <laughs> heard. I get that, but... <laughs> it did sound like you did. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, again, discuss it amongst yourselves, ladies. What has Bryony heard? Well, everybody's heard that the bird is the word. <laughs> Don't even start that. That'll be in my head now. <laughs> so nobody's sure what Bryony heard? Well, you have to sing it since you didn't last week. No, I got a jumper, actually. We sang, if you didn't see. Yeah, Chris, they did sing. They were better late than ever. They were singing on the pitch. Can we get a song going for Bryony to the tune of um, Bird is the Word? You can start it. Everybody heard about the the Bryony heard. Uh, Heardy heard her bird. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't know. I don't know if I make that work about someone accusing me of being sexist. No, no, no. That's not none of that. (laughs) <laughs> Leave it with me, everyone. I'll get it going. <laughs> Chris, you've got the next one. Uh, this one's for Anna. Um, isn't it true? Pasties from Devon are as fake as trying to label Calzonia pasty. I know in Devon they're a massive thing, but I can't comment on it. I've never had one. Um, but everyone at uni raves about it, so I might have to try one before I leave. I've got a year to, do, to try it. W- would you agree, Anna, that pasties from Devon however are fake pasties well I I think the Cornwall ones are better didn't they start down in Cornwall um, yeah now, so, now we're now we're getting somewhere with so this. they must be not as good as the ones um Devon mustn't be as good as Cornwall ones well see I don't know how you lot feel but any club that puts Ginsters on the front of their shirt that sort of you know sort of seems to suggest that they sell pasties it feels a bit sweaty try hard to me and you need to try a pasty in the legends yeah, that's very true. They they're, <clears throat> they're not great. But, oh, <laughs> Joe, you godless oh, heathen. Do you know right, what? Anna, I actually think... You, 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 Anna's got to come and join us on Saturday. She's got to eat a pasty on by. To be fair, the pasties, I think I have one. I think they gave me a vegan one. And, like, I mean, genuinely, it was... They're sensational, Joe. Those pasties are the, probably the best thing we do, to be fair. Charlie, it was absolutely yeah. gothing. It was horrible. Wash your mouth out. No. I've had, I've had the, the bacon and leek pasty is a work of art. Oh, yeah, but this one was like bacon-ish and probably even fake leek. Honestly, I'm not having it. Sorry. <laughs> Joe, at the end of the day, yours has... If you... I don't know. You're, it's, it's non-alcoholic. You're not going to like it anyway. I'll have a vegan vodka pasty. Yeah, well, there you go. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so what so we've got what Brian we've 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 had a conversation about pasties. We've asked the ladies what Brian's heard and we've still not worked it out and, and you're trying to work it out, Joe, in the background, whether or not you can put some song lyrics to it. Um Lanes, you've got the next question. Oh sorry. Um No, don't be don't be sorry. 
Um, Barnsley, uh, this is for you. Um, can you describe your dream match day? So, like, uh, your morning routine. <laughs> Go obviously, on. obviously, with the Swindon. Um, wake up, probably have some cereal, um, and then make pasta for the journey down. I think I prefer an away game to a home game. Um, and then just get some good tunes in the in the dressing room, uh, and then just get out on the pitch. Good warm up, good intensity. Um, I do like some music whilst we're doing the warm up. Some stadiums have that, um, so I think that brings the vibe. And then just obviously get out there and win three points. Who's the dressing room DJ, Anna? Um, was it Bowds on Sunday? I think it was. And and are you accepting of Bowds? The skipper, are you are you accepting of her music, or is there a better option? No, her music was good. She accepted everyone's suggestions, so it was a mixture of everything, which was quite nice. Um, but at uni, I'm the DJ in the change room, so maybe you we'll are. have a bit of competition. Yeah, go on, Anna, and what, what <laughs> so to talk us, give us, give us a five track playlist, just a little cheeky five track. I'm gonna have to go on my Spotify one second. Yeah, that's all right. That's allowed. Does someone want to play some hold music while we're doing this bit? Joe, now's no Joe can sing. Oh, well, I heard, heard, heard. Heard is the word. Oh, well, I heard, heard, heard. Heard, heard's the word. I don't know. Well, See, don't we, you we know never... about the word? Well, everybody knows that the heard is the word. Oh, well, I heard, heard. Heard's the word. Oh, well, I heard. Surfing heard. Oh. Anyone that's just joined in the past minute must be so <laughs> confused. And to be honest, I am as well, and I've been here the whole time. Gab, I'm not being funny. Gabs will be gutted if someone's taking his job. I, I've shared a piece with Bryony. She's going to be over the moon with that, let me tell you, that she's finally got a song. And we could belt that out of the terror. She'll be over the moon with that. Um, Anna, are you ready with your top five? I'm definitely going to clip that. <laughs> Fuck's sake! It's gonna be it's gonna be my new ringtone. Oh. Have, have we not, go on, Anna? Hit us with your top five. Uh, Big City Life. Um, Going Bad by Drake. Uh, Holiday by Holiday by KSI. Um, Remember by uh, Becky Hill, and any AJ Tracy song. I'm I'm also going to do a shameless Becky Hill uh, name drop, Anna. A shameless Becky Hill and I were were, were rubbing shoulders a mere week ago, um, or weeks ago, sorry, rather. Joe, you've seen the photo evidence, haven't you? Photoshop evidence. Oh, sorry, I have. I was tweeting. Sorry, I was sending a tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have. To be fair, it's it's a decent it's a decent little uh, name drop. She's she's a delight. Let me tell you, Becky Hill, what an absolute delight she is. Exactly what she says on the tin is all I would say. Um, a delightful girl next door quality, um, bubbly personality and a beautiful singing voice. Um, all right, what else have we got? Uh, who we got next? Who we got next? I think it's you, isn't it, Ellis? Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, this is right. a belter. Mia, keep keep your ears pricked open for this one. Yeah, this this is a question for, for all of you. Um so, we'll start like this. It is illegal in Texas to do what to your neighbour's cow? I'll repeat that again. 
it is illegal in Texas to do what to your neighbor's cow? Um, we'll start with you, Mia. Mia is totally stumped by yeah, that. Yeah, like what? <laughs> well, we've asked about American idiocy. This is pretty idiotic. If someone was to do this, I can. I'm, I'm struggling. So, so what? What, what is it illegal to do mm. to to your neighbor's cow in in Texas? Now you don't mess with Texas for a start, Mia, do you? No. So you know, <laughs> it, you, you know it's going to be a pretty, you know, you know. It's open to interpretation, but still. I don't know. Ride it. <laughs> riding a cow. I mean, your neighbour's cow. Riding your neighbour's cow. I mean, that might be illegal, but that's not the answer that we've that's, got. That's not the answer, but I do like the idea of being arrested for getting on your neighbour's cow and riding it. Anna? Um, take milk from your neighbour's cow? <laughs> Again, probably also illegal, but that's not the answer that we've got. The stealing of milk, yeah, that's also good. And Charlie? Um, is it illegal to sing to the neighbour's cow? They're very good. If you've got a voice like Joe, then yeah. <laughs> if you've got a voice like Joe, it's illegal to sing to anyone. <laughs> Ellis, can I have another um, answer, please? Of course you can, Joe. So, I'm thinking, because it's Texas... Is it illegal to put your neighbour's cow into a beauty pageant? <laughs> I, would, I would imagine there's some kind of animal cruelty law involved there, although it is Texas. So they probably don't care. They'd probably shoot it anyway. Yeah. Well, all, all four answers were, were were top answers, but but the uh, correct answer was to graffiti your neighbour's cow. How about that? Graffiti your neighbour's account. Now, let, I'll, I'll put this question to you. That If you were Banksy, wouldn't you want to accept the challenge? Can you imagine waking up? You're a farmer. You wake up the next day, one of your cows has got a Banksy on it. What would you do? 100%. Well, personally, I, I, I would uh, paint it all white and then put a horn on its head. Would you? I'd be, I'd be tempted to put it in a, some kind of glass structure, you know, and sell tickets to come and view it. Like a graffitied cow. Like, just... Well, interesting. Um, anyway, we digress. Annie, you've got the next question. Yes, I do. So this is one to all three of you. Are you a raver or a hippie? Um, Anna, do you want to go first? Um, I wouldn't say I'm either, but I go to prison most Wednesdays with uni, so I'd probably say more of a raver. That gives more raver vibes than hippie vibes. Nice. Mia? Yeah, um... Again, I'm probably not either, but I would say Raver. Nice. And Charlie? Well, I know you're already going to come for me about Forest Green being hippies. <laughs> so don't even start, because I know that's what you're going to say. So, yes, fine, I'm slightly hippie, whatever. But I also have an equal amount of raveness in me, it's fine. <laughs> you got a foot in both camps, Absolutely. Charlie, is what you're saying. Right, okay. Well, we we beg to differ, but, you know... Listen, this is Swindon Town. Welcome to Raver Country, lady. <laughs> um, Lane, you've got the next question along a similar theme. I do. So mine is uh, for all of you, and it is, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, Mia, I think I've actually seen you do karaoke on a night out, to be fair. Yeah, I'm a, I love a little bit of Starbar. Um, but my go-to karaoke song is 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Oh, bang. Yeah. 
Can you sing it for us? Absolutely not. I have to get a... Yeah, you see, listen, Mia, listen, you're... Come on, that's not you, fair. You don't know what you're turning down. You don't know what you're turning down. As the ladies will <laughs> tell you, if you sing on this show, that the prizes can be pretty epic. No, they're very nice hoodie, Mia. Oh, very nice. Right. Do it. Come on, Mia. Okay, me... Just the opening. Okay. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of permission <laughs> Yawn and stretch and try to come alive yeah, I love that, Mia. Jumping in the jumping out on the street and traffic starts jumping and folks like me on the job from nine to five. Now we're all together now. Working now. What a way to make a living. This is the first time we've ever had a sing-along in the Saton Broadbent Lounge. Absolutely beautiful. If you can't have a sing-along in the Saton Broadbent Lounge, then we can't call it the Saton Broadbent Lounge. Mia, that was absolutely beautiful. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mia. Um, Barnsley? Um, I'm not sure. I'd probably go Beautiful Girls. Nice. Again, we we, we need another sing-song. I actually am really bad. I don't know the words. I can't sing it without the um, backing track. Your well, like... way to beautiful girls. There we go. That's it, champ. Carry on. Carry Keep on. singing, champ. Keep singing. <laughs> your, your next <laughs> opponent is quaking in his boots. <laughs> your well, next that's opponent is getting that in a clip and a WhatsApp message. I'll tell you. <laughs> Anna's laughing so hard she's actually muted her mic. <laughs> <laughs> to, qu- to quote Rick Mail on the anniversary of his birthday... I did mine, you bastard. It's your turn. <laughs> so, uh, are you? I don't. I don't. I don't want to embarrass you any further, Anna. Are you? Are you struggling? To sing? Yeah, I'll have to tap out from the singing. That's not my speciality. <laughs> oh, you've done so well. Well, so far, Mia is stealing the, everyone's thunder. But I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. I think we all know what might be coming. What do you reckon, Charlie? Okay, my karaoke song is Jolene by Dolly Parton. Not, oh, yeah. Not the, time, Dolly Parton. the 9 to 5, that is also a great Dolly song, but Jolene just hits different. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, and it would only be the right thing to do, Charlie, for you to give us a verse. <clears throat> okay. I like that. Clear, yeah. clear the larynx and everything. <laughs> Jolene, 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 Jolene. There you are. That's what you get. Is that all we yeah. get? Come on, a little bit more. You were absolutely, you were absolutely bossing that. Th- that's Charlie. all she really says, though. I'm, I'm begging you, please don't. In fact, we should get Mia to sort of click <laughs> the classic Alabama. Hannah's, you sound and, like uh, Cletus from Simpsons. Then. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you reckon, Mia? Could you give us a little twist of sort of like a little bit of Alabama in that, and just sort of round off the the verse? Oh, I can give it a go. Yeah, go on. It's a banger. It deserves okay. it. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Oh, that's absolutely outstanding. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Two out of the three of you. Very, very deserving. You've both won yourself a limited edition Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge hoodie. Congratulations. Hang on a minute. Mate. I had a little sing song as well. Well, you did as well, Ellis, but you, you're doing all right on the hoodies. Yeah, mate. I am, yeah. So, you know, you need to calm it down, champ. <laughs> I'll stop punching uh, people in a minute. 
Yeah, and, and but Anna, don't worry. There's still a few questions left for you to redeem yourself, and you may still end up with a Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge hoodie, as beautiful a garment as it is. Um, Ellis, you've got the next question. I do. Sorry, I was a little bit flustered from all the singing. Um, another sort of a fun question here: True or false? You can sneeze in your sleep. We'll start with you, Anna. True. Okay, I, I won't tell you the answer until we got all of them. Mia? Um, false. And Charlie? I'm going true. Wow, we've got one winner. Mia, it is false. Oh. Yeah, how mad, how mad is that? You can't actually sneeze in your sleep. So whoever it was that was rooming with Gypsy and her boyfriend, they weren't sneezing. That sounds like a challenge, Hannahs. I'm sneeze in my sleep tonight. <laughs> Um, Joe, move us along. Okay, swiftly from bedtime sneezing. Um, so this is again, this is for all of you. When did you last cheat on a football pitch? We'll start with you, Charlie. And did you chop any ponytails off? When did I last cheat? Yeah, when did you last cheat? Okay, um, I think the last time I cheated on a football pitch, I didn't chop any ponytails off that time, <laughs> but I definitely did dive in the box and won a penalty. Um, oh, went down, well, can, did you go down easy, Charlie? Is that a better No, way? I wouldn't say I went down easy, but I definitely could have stayed up. Oh, so there was contact. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I had one of those um, under-16s that... where I, I literally, it was the worst dive ever, and I got given a penalty for it. And, I mean, the the, play, the defender was absolutely fuming. I scored it, and then I told the referee I dived. Oh, I, feel, I might have got booked for honest, it. I might have got booked for it, but the goal counted, so is what it is. <laughs> um, Mia, what's when was the last time you cheated on the football pitch? I don't know. I don't think I have cheated. Yes, you have. No, <laughs> it, Mia. I, 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 don't. I don't think. I don't. I think it's a bit. We, we, if I cheat, we it's break really pure hearts, pure hearts in Wiltshire. If I cheat, it's really obvious. I'm, I'm not the smallest of people, so to knock me down, it's quite difficult. So then, if I fall down, then it's just not believable. What about professional fouls? I, I'd borderline that as cheating. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm quite intrigued. Like you've just described yourself falling down there, Mira. Would it be like watching a giraffe fall over, or <laughs> is it more Bambi on ice? What how, what kind of a faller are you? I go down like a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like a like a Led Zeppelin, <laughs> down it comes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, Anna, save us from um, squeaky clean Mia. Have you ever had a cheating moment on the pitch? Or when when was your um, last one? I, d- I don't know if any of the girls saw it on the weekend, but um, so one of my friends from uni plays for Saint Oswald, yep. and she won't stop saying it um, since the game, but. Uh, the ball hit my foot and went out uh, for a corner, but uh, the ref gave a goal kick. Um, Morgan was shouting at me for about five minutes of the game, saying it hit my foot, and I kept saying, no, no, it didn't. Um, but yeah, we got the goal kick instead of a corner, but it did hit my foot. <laughs> lied for your you teeth. just straight face Anna, did you? Did you just straight face it, Anna? Nah, ref, nah, nah, didn't touch me. Uh, the ref didn't question it, to be fair. I think if the ref did question it, I would have started laughing, so luckily he didn't question <laughs> it. Oh. 
Oh, so that, there's, a, there's a little tip for us, Joe. Like, we can never get Anna around a poker. Or we need to get Anna around a poker table, rather, but not on your team. Yeah, yeah. Plantner on the other side. Yeah. We'll, we'll take you to the cleaners, Anna, in the poker. <laughs> okay. To the, to the cleaners. Um, Chris, you've got the next question. All right. Now, it's Desert Island time. Uh, and we'll start with you, Mia. But the question is, you can take one person from Lally or Alice Bowden. Who are you taking? I can take Lally or... Bowden. Lally or Alice onto a desert island with you. One of the two. I think I'd take Bowden. Uh, any particular reason? I think she's a good laugh, so... I know, even if I die with her, then at least I'll die happy. Yeah, oh, what, you're trying to say that Lally's not not, not a happy person, like not particularly good company or not a happy person? Is that what we're saying, Mia? You're, you're, tell, you're telling saying your manager's a closet case? I don't know. I, I, I don't know him that well yet, so I can't, <laughs> I can't pick out an opinion on him. So I'll just go off what I know from Bounce. <laughs> All right, we'll kind of take okay, that. Okay, uh, Anna, you're next. Uh, I think I'd have to agree with Mia and go for Bowds. Um, we ran away from Lally at the beach um, on Sunday because he started talking about science and to do with the rocks at the beach. So I think he'd bore me of all the science because he's a science teacher. Oh, he does look like a science teacher, actually. I didn't know that, but he does look like a science teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, see, I think I, I'm quite scared by Lally. If I think if I, if I try to take the mick out of him he'd probably lamp me he's got that edge about him and Charlie what about you I'm starting to feel a bit sorry for Lally now but I probably would also choose Bowes because she is funny and I feel like I would have more of a laugh than I would talking about you know biology and stuff with Lally but <laughs> never mind I, I think it's only right and proper that we ask that question of Annie and Lane seeing as they're both on the line um, I would take Bowds, definitely. Yeah. What do you reckon, Lanes? Is it going to be a clean sweep? Oh, no, I feel bad for Lally. Oh, if I have to take him, I'll take Lally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> take one for the team. I have to. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Lally. Lanes has got your back. Um, right, you've got the next question, Annie. Yes, I do. So this one's for all of you again. Um, can you describe Oxford using a single word, please? I'll go for Charlie first. Shite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take that one. Gold star. <laughs> Mia. Bollocks. <laughs> Two gold stars. Very good. And Anna, can we get a clean sweep? Rivals. Oh, Anna, you had an open goal that there. Pragmatic. That was pragmatic. You it was. Slide it about two centimeters off the line, Anna. I I sense that there's some some maybe some friend pressure or some personal pressure going on there, Anna. But you had an open goal there to achieve absolute Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge glory. My parents are on this podcast. I can't swear. <laughs> I'll do it for you, twats. <laughs> My dad's listening and I've sworn twice. So, Anna, you'll be fine. I'm only 19. <laughs> um, okay, can I put it to you like this? Does it, um, does it, does it start with a... Uh, a uh, no, I won't go down that road. Your parents are listening. Let's keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. Um, very good. Lanes, you've got the next question. 
Um, so mine's for all of you. Um, so you can take the lead role in any movie. Who are you replacing and why? Um, Mia? Um, well, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so I would have to say Harry Potter. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know me too well. A female Harry Potter? Yeah, oh, I'll be Hermione Granger. Okay, that makes more sense. How many times in America did you get asked about Harry Potter? Because I, I feel like they just, oh, with a the British time. accent, they'd be like, oh, Harry Potter? Yeah, and they always ask me if I know the Queen. Like, no. Brilliant. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the Queen? Um, yeah, I, I had a relative have a sandwich bought for them out in the US when the Queen died. Um, because they, uh, yeah, they, they were like, you know, you, we're really, really sorry to hear that, like, your, you know, your country's mother has died and it's a big deal. And they bought her a sandwich, which was, which was nice. Um, Anna, by the way, um, um, Jason has just tweeted, Anna, just to help you out on the last question. And he said, the answer that you're looking for rhymes with runts. So, and I think we'll leave that to, uh, to your imagination, but thank you, Jason, for your, uh, for your input and, and apologies to Mr. And Mrs. Barnes. Um, it didn't come out of Digger's mouth. It came out. Of I mine. love that. It's like Scooby Doo said it. <laughs> so we got so so Mia. We've worked out you're Hermione Granger. Are you Hermione Granger? Kiss us, Hermione Granger, in the first movie, or are you more sultry Hermione Granger right at the back end of the franchise? Uh, I'm the one towards the end. I'm not. What's I'm it? not a kiss us. Yeah. Like well, clearly, I think we've all ascertained that. Particularly, Lally has tonight as well. And, uh, and we look forward to your uh, position on the bench at the weekend, <laughs> where we'll be taking lots of pictures and reminding you that you wouldn't go on a desert island with Lally. Um, <laughs> who do we get? To, who, sorry, Joe, who do we get? So we've got Mia, Mia's sorted. Who's next? Um, Charlie up next. Um, I also really like Harry Potter, but I'm not going to pick that one. But I think that was a good pick. Um my favourite film is The Blind Side and I feel like maybe I would want to be in that just because it's my favourite film but I don't know who I'd rather be out of Sandra Bullock or the big massive linebacker in the film so Cool, yeah but You're quite feisty Charlie aren't you? Quite feisty I can see you being Bullock Yeah, I just love Sandra Bullock like she's just my favourite person in the world I think Hmm yeah, you got to go with that. Give her the give, we'll give her the bullock. Give her the bullock, um, which must mean we've got you left, Anna. Um, I think I go for Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect. Oh, interesting choice. Talk through it. I watch Pitch Perfect on like a week, every week without fail. So she's just the best character on it. So I go for her. And can you sing us any Fat Amy? Sorry. Can you sing us any of Fat Amy's favorite um, the best lyrics? She just normally embarrasses herself i can't she doesn't she's not really one of the main singers she's a bit of a rap voice of an angel though what's your favorite pitch perfect song anna um the one where it goes i saw a sign sorry how um, does it go sorry it usually sounds better when it's sung i only know the, that little bit i'll sing that bit but that's it <laughs> go on then uh i saw a sign <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Anna. Very good. I'm uh, glad I wasn't asked that question because I just said train spotting, and I'm not too sure who won about a train spotting. I, I, yeah, but Joe, we've all seen you squatting on the toilet 
like, you know, after a, a week of constipation. Have, so... have we? <laughs> have I got to check for some, like, hidden cameras in my bathroom? What's happening there? I haven't seen it. Joe, Joe you're taking up pictures of yourself, mate, doing stuff like that. Don't worry, we've all uh, seen it. We can circulate. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And if all else fails, Chris is very good with uh, with, with a little bit of digital photography touching up. So um, be careful. What? what um, Ellis. Oh, this is a crowd favourite from Ellis. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your favourite cheese? Charlie, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, vegan cheese. Is that there? Obviously, 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 yeah. And then when I'm not at work, it's probably camembert. Like, you know, when you dip something in, like, gooey camembert's top tier. Oh, oh wow. roast camembert. How good. I'll tell you what, there are splinters of asses there. Oh, sorry. There, there is a little bit. I mean, Char- to be fair, Charlie's been a proper godless heathen that you give her an opportunity to talk about her favourite cheese and she hits you with, I've got to go with a vegan cheese. <laughs> a vegan cheese, Charlie. You're an absolute disgrace. You're speaking to the fine folks of Wiltshire that is famed for its fine cheese, particularly cheddar. And you hit us with some vegan cheese. I know, but listen, I'm not not risking a P45 for this podcast. <laughs> but if I have to go with vegan cheese, then that's how it is. Uh, it's fine. Dale's See, not, I don't, can't listen. But what's the problem? With, I don't I don't get... Look, I'm not a vegetarian. Like, I'm going to hold my hands up here. What What is the problem with cheese? Like, surely <clears throat> cheese is okay, right? It's not like, you know, seems like the animal's quite happy to give you a bit of milk. You know, it's and then the milk itself is like it's done its thing. It's whatever it does to create the cheese. The bit gets scraped off the top. Hey, presto! No one's been. If a cow doesn't no get milk, is it not? Surely it's uncomfortable. So you're helping it. You're helping the animal. As long yeah, as you're not graffiti and the cows, it's fine. Charlie, we're giving you. We're giving. We're helping you here. We're we're helping Mr. Vince. We're trying to help cows not feel other discomfort. You know what? I'll go into work tomorrow and I'll pitch it to him and I'll see what he says. <laughs> Take, take Duncan in with you as well, because I guarantee you he'll be your soulmate on this. No, I think you're right, yeah. 100%. If you sent out a photo of Duncan with the uh, vegan burger with Dale and his announcement, it is the funniest, most awkward picture of him holding a burger as far away from his mouth as he possibly can. Who's next on the cheesesteaks, Ellis? We'll go with Anna. Anna, what's your favourite cheese? I would back Charlie and Camembert, but if I have to do another answer, I'd say the garlic cheese bites from Mackey's. Yeah, yeah. What a shout. Your working man's cheese selection there, Anna. I've got a lot of time um, for that. Considering, considering I work at a Mackey's, I'll see if we've got any hidden in the freezer that I can nab and send your way. Oh, yes, please. When I found it. Yeah, they're doing the chili cheese bites. They're absolutely grim. Obviously, <laughs> allegedly, yeah, allegedly, they're grim. Oh, I don't want to lose my it? job. But Arch has just rocked up and he's been sacked already. Yeah, Arch's first words are about. No, Mackey's seriously, I heard Mackey's get brought up. I'm, I'm literally professional on the topic here, but do not waste your time <laughs> if you're listening with the chili cheese bites. They're not spicy, they are a lie. You heard that's, it. Here that's first. me. That's you me heard done it here for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Bango's multi million pound sponsorship deal with Mackey's Arch, and you know, any hope I've got of. Uh, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't, deserve, the they don't deserve to be partnered with the Tom Broadbent Lounge if they're putting out chili cheese bites like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mia, what, Mia, what's, what's your favourite cheese? Um, I would say my favourite cheese is probably truffle brie. Oh, 
Wow. Yeah, that's a culture. We've, we've had a good selection of cheeses here. That's a bit posh. <laughs> When's the last time you had truffle brie, Mia? Um, a couple of months ago. Very nice. Oh, Very nice. Class setting, that sounds like the kind of thing you eat in Marlborough. <laughs> well, my boyfriend's French and, you know, French with their cheeses. So he gets, he brought me some over to America. Ah, <laughs> oh, very good. Wow. Very good. And what's your boyfriend's name, Mia? Nico. Nico. Yep. Nico, you're you're welcome in the Saton Broadband Lounge with your posh cheeses any <laughs> day of the week. Uh, but for the three of you, the refer for three of you, um, for reference, the best cheese quite clearly in the world is Tintern. And that's all you need to know. Watch this. Watch my re- look. Watch the tweets light up now. People are going to be absolutely coming for me now. Well, how is that? My, my favourite cheese. Well, please do. Halloumi. Oh, halloumi. All right. Top end. Top end. Halloumi <laughs> cheese. You, you get a bit of halloumi cheese in a burger. Not a vegan burger. Normal, normal burger with halloumi cheese. Wow. Halloumi on the Heaven. barbecue cannot be beaten. Well, Steve. Steve Terrell has said, what's wrong with a good Edam? Everything. Yeah, Edam's not the one. Stilton. Stilton's the one. <laughs> Stilton is the one. <laughs> right. What we, got, what we got next? Chris, you're up with the next question. Yeah, we're actually going to go a bit serious now for a change. Um, right. But what are the biggest changes you've seen in the women's game during your times playing? Um, we'll start with Anna. Um, I think it's massively changed. When I was little, there wasn't really many girls' teams to play with, so I always played with the boys up until I was 16. Played with a few girls' sides, but the leagues were just dreadful, if I'm being honest. We used to win like 10-0 every game. Um, But now most teams have a women's side, which is amazing to see, and also the Euros help that massively. Um, I went to watch the the Euros final at Wembley, so seeing that was a massive influence for me um, and I think that's massively changed the women's game Do you think obviously as well that now that here at Swindon that we've pulled the women's team into the men's that that's a massive step as well 100% the link that the women's team has with the men's team now is incredible so hopefully that will get stronger and stronger throughout the years um, and we'll see more improvements What I mean it's uh... We talk a little bit. I don't. I don't want to kind of revert to cliche because, you know, obviously last summer was pretty spectacular for the women's game. We talk about it a lot whenever you know the the good ladies come on the come on the show and talk about it. But uh, obviously, we've we've never had the opportunity to speak to you, Charlie, and you, Anna, and you, Mia, at all. I mean, Mia, you you must have. Been, were you out in the states at the time? Oh uh, no, I was at. I was, but I came home for the summer. You came so. home for the summer. So, I mean, as, as somebody that's obviously plying their trade um, in the women's game, and obviously there's been a huge... I mean, the, the the news today was incredible. I think it was like five, £600 million has been invested into um, your grassroots women's football. That what... Like, just, just try and kind of give the listener an idea of like what was going on in your head um, in the summer when the ladies have won the tournament and in the in the style that they did, dispatching the quality of opposition that they did on the way to the final and then in the final. What must have been going through your mind? It was just exciting to see it, really, and just know that, like, um, that 
the women like were the ones to like bring it home and you know and just make a difference to women's football because it was going to happen and, and it's a really interesting point you make there about the women being the ones that sort of bring it home because you know we talk about kind of like 40 odd years of hurt now in the men's game and it, it what was lovely was it you really did speaking as a, as somebody that has as that at the time was struggling to adopt adopt the women's game it's, i don't, don't mind telling you i was fairly kind of blinking in my approach and my eyes as as lanes and annie will tell you we've had many conversations about how those kind of blinkers have been well and truly ripped off but there was that brilliant sense of what a hope you would get from the men winning a tournament. It, it didn't matter that it was whether it's the men or the women. The fact is this huge tournament had been won by our nation um, at Wembley in front of a packed house. There really was that wonderful feel-good feeling that sort of like washed across football, wasn't there? And indeed the country. Yeah, definitely. What What about you, Charlie? I mean, what what, what did it mean to you? So how did it feel to you when, when the, the Lionesses sort of, you know, lifted the trophy and... Um, and in such spectacular style as well. I mean, obviously the the first goal was 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 truly truly fantastic. What talk, talk us through it? What was going off in your mind? Yeah, I think similar to to what the other girls have said. It's obviously um, as a woman in sport and and a f- woman playing football, you have an immense sense of pride seeing it. Um, but I think it was more in the back of my head. I was thinking about all the young girls that were watching it that sort of got to see that at a stage which would then motivate them to maybe stay in football that we potentially didn't have at our age. Um, so them seeing that on the telly and the amount of coverage it got is something that I wish I definitely had when I was younger. Mm. And, and and Anna, as, as as somebody that's still obviously, you know, very, you know, very, very young, um, you're, I don't know, it's an interesting perspective for me as an old duffer. I mean, I'm, I'm at the back end of my 40s now. So I've I've seen this incredible kind of evolution, but I also kind of very kind of vividly recall there being kind of, you know, women's football being a, not even an afterthought. Like it's come so, so far in such a short space of time. Your, your perspective must be very different just based on age alone. But how did it feel for you? Um, massive, definitely. I remember when I was younger, there was there still wasn't much women's football on the TVs or like accessible. Um, but the past few years, it's become so much easier to watch women's football, follow women's football. Like the advertisement has been like pushed so much more. And then obviously winning the Euros, that feeling was incredible. I mean, my even my dad was buzzing. He was like, oh, haven't seen England win anything since he's been alive. So just to see an England team win something is quite special. I think that's kind of what I was trying to tap into earlier, Annie, you know, sort of thinking about your dad's response there. I think it was... I, you know, I mean, I, I hope I've still, I hope I've still got many, many a year left on this this good planet of ours. But you know, it does sort of start to cross your mind as you start getting a bit older. You start thinking about, hang on, am I actually going to see anything in my, you know, any particular breakthroughs in my lifetime? I often think, will I ever see Swindon Town back in the top flight in my lifetime? Um, will I, will I see us like, you know, lift some sort of significant silverware? Will I ever see England win a major tournament? And, and I think, yeah, I, I was quite happy to be able to say, you know what, I've seen England win a major tournament. I, I can honestly say that I've seen England win a major tournament, and and we got that feeling as well. I quite enjoyed um, having the boys over and just getting absolutely hammered and not ending up crying afterwards. So, uh, I mean, that was that was a highlight. I think as well on that point. <laughs> We we moan as, as football fans about Sky Sports kind of, you know, ruining the Premier League a little bit, taking away a lot of the 
the want or need to go to games. But Sky Sports probably have helped the women's game a massive amount in this country by taking on the WSL and giving it the coverage that it needs. Um, like, there are kids growing up these days that are, are watching Soccer AM and they're seeing the goals of the weeks being a mix between the Premier League, the WSL, Championship, you know, games abroad as well. It's just, it's so much, it's just, it's much more in the, um, in the spotlight, isn't it, these days? Like, growing up, I genuinely, I vaguely remember watching a women's game in maybe a World Cup. I think they beat, I think Germany beat England like 7-3 or something. Um, in probably like 2010, I think I remember Alex Scott playing. But that was I mean, I've, it. I've got, I've got really sketchy memories, Joe, of like growing up. The first sort of, you know, the first memories I've got of women's football were probably when I was in my late teens and it was Doncaster Bells and names like Marianne Spacey. And and, and then it, it just seemed to, like the women's game drifted away. It was like they had a little go mm. trying to raise the profile, but it was all a little bit half-arsed. I think you're right about what Sky has done. Sky has massively proved the they've, they've made, they made academies yeah. too. So like there are young girls now that have got a real chance to have an academy upbringing in the sport, which just never existed 10, 15 years ago. Like... Reading, Reading started playing at Farnborough, um, using Farnborough as their stadium, obviously, which is where I live, about eight years ago, nine years ago. And we started going to a few of the games, and I'm not trying to be horrible or rude. It was it was semi-pro at the time. And you had players like Frank Kirby playing, who obviously they stuck out like a sore thumb. But the general standard was really bad. Um, but just gradually over time, the younger players in the game, like the improvement on on, on a whole is groundbreaking. It's purely because of the money you're putting into the sport at grassroots level. Mm. Um, I mean, I I think the thing that I'm most enjoying, just speaking as a just from a pure Swindon Town perspective, is I really I really like the fact now that my weekend, if I choose to have it that way, can just be Swindon Town Saturday, Swindon Town Sunday. And and then we start another week. Like it's it's really I'm really starting to kind of get that vibe. And I'm and I'm I'm at that stage where when we first started following following the uh, you lovely ladies on um, on your adventures, you know, like where I was like oh, I'm really struggling to remember everyone's name now. I've got to a stage where I can remember everyone's name. And I can remember the positions, and I can it kind of it it makes sense to me now. It kind of feels like it's it's all part of the fabric. Um, so thank you for that, guys. Because um, and to Joe's point, you know we've we've come and seen you several times this season, um, and the standards grand. You know, like is it is it like watching the men's Premier League? No, of course it's not. Um, but it's like it's to anyone that's not gone out and made a point of watching you and 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 enjoyed the fare that you guys are serving. I thoroughly recommend that you you get off your asses over at the next county ground game. Get yourself down to Foundation Park. Just just literally use that as the, as all the excuse that you need. Um, but while we're on that, I mean, who um, who who wants to step in from the ladies' side? We've been talking a lot. Um, tell us a little bit about the weekend, guys. Just before we move on to our penultimate question, who have you got the weekend? Where is it? We I'll take Rosie at the weekend. And it's at Fairford. So ho- we're home to Selsey. And you've got a little... There's a bit of retribution you'll be seeking there, Lanes, because they turned you over earlier in the season, didn't they? They did. They won 3-1. Um, it, I mean, that was our first game of the season. I think we probably could have got a point. I don't know. Maybe. 
But no, I, reckon... I remember talking to I remember talking to you after the game, Lanes. You were really, really disappointed with that. Like it was one of those where I think you went into it sort of half expecting not not that you were complacent, but I think you were half expecting a win if you guys sort of put your best foot forward, so to speak. Yeah, I think so. We played them again in um, the cup, the league cup, um, and won. So I mean, anything could happen really this weekend. Stange yeah. is mm. going to get in a fight. Oh yeah, that'll definitely happen. Actually, being nicer on the pitch now, I decided. Yeah. Fighty lanes. Um, and also, Fairford, have you got any trees? Because if you have, keep Charlie away from them. Very good. There's a few. Very good. <laughs> I definitely don't let any of the cheese buffet. Um, well, actually, it won't, there won't be any vegan cheese, so you'll get away with that. I've got your next question, Charlie. I've got your next question. Um Again, it's quite a serious one, um, but are there any changes, this to all of you, are there any changes that you would make to improve the structure and or standing of the women's game? And I'll go with Charlie first. Um, I think everything that's changing is is really positive and it's, it's hard to sort of put your two pence in when you can see so much positive change at the moment. Um, but I definitely think trying to encourage the local sides to encourage their fans to include their women's team in their setup and sort of if you're a fan of a local league and a local side in your hometown then try and see what their women's team are doing and and try and support that yeah I think um I mean Charlie I've got to agree we had Tom Hartley on the show earlier in the season and Tom completely agreed I just said look speaking from a fan's perspective I think it's absolutely critical that that you guys. I understand there are some logistical challenges to playing, like you know, doing more double headers at the county ground. But you know, I think it's really important that you are seen to be playing your games in the spiritual home of Swindon, like on that estate, whether that be at Foundation Park or whether that be on the county ground pitch. I just think as a as a as a as a kind of mental step for any football fan, I have such a strong attachment to the county ground and to that estate that. I want to. I would want to come and watch football there, and certainly if the football being played involves a team in red with our crest on their chest, then I'm going to want to come and watch you. I think that's hugely important. So, a very valid point, Charlie, and thank you for that. What about you, Mia? Are there any are there any changes that you would make to improve the structure and or standing of the women's game? Oh no, I I really agree with what Charlie said. Actually, um, I think if you try and do too much at once, then it's just going to become too much. So I think as it's going, it's it's going pretty good right now. Oh, good on you, Mia. Um, and how about you, Anna? Any changes yeah, same that you can make to improve the structure or standing of the women's game? Yeah, same as the other girls, to be fair. Um, probably the only other thing to change would be like more advertisement um, just in any any of the leagues, to be fair. Just get it out there more. I think more people need to hear about it before any other changes are going to happen. Mm. Do you think more? Do you think as I mean, we've talked about the the WSL, you know, enjoying the kind of profile that it does via Sky. Do you do you think that enough is done locally for like take Swindon Town for example? Do you think the message is pushed out there enough locally? It's getting better, hundred percent. Like the back mid, the men's team, they retweet some of the games and stuff like that. Um, but just maybe more social media aspects and stuff like that would definitely help push it a bit more. Yeah, need to get on that to Tom Broadbent Lounge, ladies, and do some bits with those guys. They're um, they're a bit filthy, though. Some of their questions are a bit out of order. Um, they make you sing as well, from what I understand. And speaking of which, Joe, you've got the final question for uh, all five of our ladies. I do indeed. Um, I was just, just going to say on the, on the last point as well about the changes in 
you know, women's football and especially at Squindon Town, this season's the only time I've ever seen like little girls wearing shirts with like number six Bowden on the back of them, which is, I mean, for for Annie, sorry for Annie, Annie, I'll get a I'll get a shirt with your name on the back of it. Don't worry. Um, for Alice, like that must be such an amazing feeling to see a little girl in the shape of our favourite Swindon fan, Casey Paul, wearing a Bowden six shirt, like. It, that's kind of surreal, isn't it? it for for a women's player um, at Swindon Town, like that's just not something that we'd have expected two or three years ago. And that's a massive credit to to Clem and Rob getting involved with bringing um, the women's team over to Swindon Town and uniting us as one club. But also to the work that you know Keelan, James, um, Tom, like all the team over there are doing as well. So and also. People like Adam, you know, Woody, the guys that all came before as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a legacy. Uh, it's a legacy that's come together. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people at the football club that have, have worked really hard for that moment. And I just think it's, it's it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. I think, I mean, I would, I don't know how you, Lane's any, how you guys feel about this, but I think a lot of that kind of sort of it's a bit of a virtuous circle that kind of stuff isn't it the more you kind of put yourselves out there the more you allow people to relate to you i mean we we've we've had a bit of fun with you tonight you know it's certainly not been you know dry questions it's all about trying to understand you as personalities and sort of connect with you as personalities i think the more you do that kind of stuff the more you give opportunities for people to actually become your fans i don't know whether you would agree or disagree yeah i agree like Stuff like this as well gives people more exposure to to the people that play for Swindon Town Women. So the more they get to know us and, and you know, we can create the fan base that can come and watch us regularly as well. Well, here, here, and long may it continue. But um, so, Joe, you've got, you've got the final question, the honour of the, asking the all five of our ladies the final question. It's a big one, ladies, so bring your A game to the table. Because this is this is sort of you're messing with folklore right now. Yeah. So this is to each of you, and I'll ask you separately. Um, don't look for clues in the followers list or the, the listeners list. I will ask that. Uh, Charlie, up first. What do wise men say? Um, they say, "I've got some frankincense and myrrh." Is that wise men? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Depends if <laughs> you're reading the Bible, but yeah. Uh, oh, Charlie, you've been spending too much time in Gloucester. <laughs> I think I think Lanes will get this one. We'll, we'll give it to Lanes after, but me... Oh, if I sing it, do I get the hoodie again? I know this one Another well. Yeah, I know it, but I'm not singing. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you just, Mia, Mia, what do wise men say? Russian. Because I can't help falling in love with you. That is perfect. Yeah, I think if you can all sing the remainder of that song through to the clappy part, we will all think that is the perfect way to finish this segment. Would you not agree, Joe? It would be, but it's just one word. <laughs> right. Well, so ladies, Come listen, on. I will start. Take my hand. Oh no! Hey, what? Take, Take my, my whole life to 
That's it. Sing it to me, man. I can't. Yeah. So we're done. Congratulations, ladies. So, Mia, how was that for you? Your your Satombra Bet Lounge debut. How was it? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for for having us. You're very welcome. You're an absolute charmer. We really look forward to meeting you in person, Mia. We've um we've got some really exciting plans um with the ladies team. Um, some stuff that we've we've kind of established the formula. So we're going to be seeing you very very soon. Um. Charlie, how was that? Welcome back to the club, Charlie. All pulling, all leg pulling aside, you've been a brilliant sport tonight. How was that for you? Yeah, slightly embarrassed, but yeah, I loved it. It was really good. <laughs> you were game for a laugh, Charlie, and we very much appreciate it. And uh, our precocious Anna Digger Barnes, how was it for you, Digger? Yeah, it's good, thank you. I'm sure Lane's going to agree it brought out my socially awkward 16-year-old back. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did brilliantly, Digger. You did... You did brilliantly, and we very much look forward to meeting you in person as well, Anna. So, Anna, Mia, Charlie, brilliant debuts from the three of you. Thank you so much for joining us, um, and to our to our guest panelists who will will allow to drift off into the night now. Annie and Lane's, like we said, poacher term gamekeepers tonight. How was that for you? Good, just the regulars we are now, aren't we? You are, and you're very <laughs> welcome. You are too. But thank you for uh, for oiling the works and making your teammates so comfortable in the Saton Broadbent Lounge tonight. Um, uh, we appreciate that you are all up early. We've got um, for for the benefit of the five, you Annie and Lanes, you'll know this anyway. But we've got plenty more left on the show, so please feel free if you can you can stay on, you can join, you can just listen in, or you can disappear off into the night. But Lanes, Annie, as well as the other three, thank you so much for your contributions tonight. Very appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. All the best. Oh. Joe, Chris, Ellis. Arts joining us slightly later. Good sports, weren't they? Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, it's been a really Wonderful good... Wonderful voices as well. It's been a really good uh, first half of the show. Very good first half. So moving on to the second half of the show then, guys. So without further ado, Ellis is going to be leading us through what was a truly... I was delighted to welcome you to my hometown. So many of you wonderful Wiltshire folk came up to the smoke on Saturday. And what a great time we all had together. We took over a few pubs. Um, we certainly took over. Well, we filled the ground for them, as we uh, reminded them on, on many occasions during the game itself. But um, Ellis, without me steal your thunder, the stage is yours, buddy. Um, what yeah. have you got for us? So, well, I I watched on iFollow. I I could I couldn't get a ticket, but um, yeah. So I stayed at home, watched it on iFollow. Um, How did you watch on iFollow, Ellis? Isn't that illegal still in the UK? Uh, no. Ellis actually took a trip because to I York. actually I um, I was in South Africa for the day. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, Thank you to our sponsor today, uh, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was I actually travelled to South Africa just to watch. Um... Yeah, very very honest of you, Ellis. Very honest of you. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so so town. Uh, obviously, we uh, it was quite interesting when we looked at the. Uh, the like I got I got to tell you like as the BBC lineup rolled in, they they were as confused as I think some of our faces were stood in the pub at the time. Well, but, well um, look, yeah. Mark, I was stood next to you when the team came in, and Harrison Minto was playing right wing. Yeah, we had Minto right wing, which had us sort of stood there scratching our heads, but they managed to sort things out in the end. And obviously, we went with sole winning goal, 
We had Harrison Minton, Tom Clayton, and Joe Tomlinson making up a back three. Romeo Hutton, um, George McEachran, um, Dylan Kaji, and um, Reese Devine uh, making his first league start for town down the left-hand side. And then a arguably a front three um, or a supporting two of Hepburn Murphy, Johnny Williams, and of course the skipper Charlie Austin up top. Um, but yeah, I mean, take it away. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ellis, the, the first thing that immediately sort of stuck out was that the gaffer decided to put his faith in youth and he was repaid somewhat, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been calling out this season for um, for Minturn to be given an opportunity um, to start. Um, and, you know, he took it with both hands. He played exceptionally exceptionally well. Um, at the end of the day, we, we, we were playing late in Orient, top of the league. Um, absolutely steaming. Um, so it's not exactly the easiest game to come into. Um, and yeah, he, he he sort of slotted straight into the team, did not look out of place. Um, and there's, you know, there's big things to come from from Minton that, you know, his first, his first league start, um, he's only going to get better. Um, we also had Reese Devine on the left. That was his first league start for us. Um, and obviously he come off uh, having picked up an injury. But, you know, when he had the ball, he looked a real threat um, along that left-hand side. Real pacey, um, real direct. And, yeah, looked dangerous. So it was a, a bit of a shame that he picked up an injury. But hopefully we, we, we see him back soon. There were a couple um, of amazing runs, weren't there, Ellis? Just going on, going back to Reese Devine there. Uh, there was the particular run that, you know, very nearly kind of won us a penalty. Um, yeah. It just, I mean, that seemed to be his MO for, you know, certainly the period of time that he was on the pitch where he would just get his head down and just, you know, look to break the lines by just getting his head down and running through them as opposed to, you know, just constantly like looking for that pass inside or or getting down a wing and crossing. He was intent on actually like, you know, beating his man, dribbling into the box. And that was terrifying, Orion, wasn't it? I don't think yeah. they, I don't think they've had anyone. I would I would hasten to add, I don't think there's been anyone pitch up at Brisbane Road and do that to their back line, like, you know, with that intent this year. He was he just struck me as being utterly fearless. Yeah, and considering as well that he's been out for for, for such a long time, um, no, yeah, sorry, you know, his, his his first game back, you you couldn't really ask for much more. Um, obviously, picking up the injury is sort of the last thing that he wanted. You, you, like looking at it from his perspective, you just want to bang out five six games, get back in the rhythm of it, um, and sort of dust off that that ring rust, but. Yeah, uh, another top player there. Um, but yeah, it's just tweeted. Um, John's just tweeted Ellis. Um, certainly uh, one of the a wordsmith. It's fair to say, John, with your tweet. John's tweeted minnow, minnow, minnow. <laughs> that, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, the the mingo absolutely attracted uh, attracted the. Um, uh, attra- attracted all the right attention at the weekend. I tell you something that caught us that that sort of caught us a little bit um, uh, sort of by surprise. Probably a better there are better ways of putting it. Um, Chris, you'll you'll recall conversation uh, while you and I were together. We were stood in the pub um, on Leighton High Street, 
And as the team rolled in, I think he's not. He's only been here five minutes, but it kind of completely bypassed us that Jake Kane was 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 missing from the lineup. Um, and that's not a slight on him, but because obviously Catchy was in. But it was just one of those. It wasn't until we got into the ground and then we were like, hang on a minute. What's happened to Jay Kane? But um, Jay Kane had a virus, Ellis, from what we understand. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe it was a, a sort of a performance-based decision. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that game sort of showed off uh, Morris's tactical head and uh, tactical thinking, uh, which arguably we've sort of missed in the past couple of managers that we've had um and sort of the the, the substitution uh, substitutions that he's making changes to the side to the formation you know he's he's adapting it to the game very well um and and like i said earlier we we were playing late in orient you know they they are they are steaming steaming the the league that they're, they're, they're probably going to win um so you know to put to pull out a performance like that. Speaking um, of, um, Ellis, speaking of steaming, um, Omar Beckles certainly steamed into our six-yard box, didn't he? Um, yeah. Which was was a little bit regrettable. On, on with just twelve minutes gone, and it's fair to say there was steam coming out of Jody Morris's ears at the end of the game as well, in terms of the nature of how we conceded. What did you did make he of steam, it? or did he meander into our box? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a, it was such an easy goal to. To, to prevent um it, it was just it was just silly defending really um and you know we 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 stop that goal and we go on and score we win that game it's simple as that but you know it's one of those it's football uh these things happen and and going into that game uh before before i i would have been happy with a point um and a point we got I would say that as well. Um, before the game, if if you offer a point, we take it. But that that first goal, I mean, I was I was stood next next to uh, Hannah's watching the game, but we were because we were right up the other end. You couldn't really see too too much about it. But then um, when you watch it back on the video, the the way that the defense was just so static, and you let the biggest player on the pitch, the biggest threat in the box. Come in for a free header like that is scandalous. I mean, I, well, I, I've got to be honest with you. The thing that immediately struck me, everyone picked up on the fact that it was Dylan Cadgy's man. Um, you know, thanks to our, uh, our our international friends that were posting clips on Twitter. But the, the thing that sort of immediately kind of got me thinking was I appreciate it was a young lineup. But I was a little bit surprised that one of Orient's sort of, I mean, he's not old, old, but certainly an experienced player, like an elder statesman in their team, was allowed the kind of freedom he was. I was a bit surprised that Dylan Kaji was the man that was meant to be marking him. I appreciate in terms of physical attributes, you know, Kaji's a big lad. He's probably got a good leap on him. Um, so you're thinking, right, I can kind of understand that. But a player like Omar Beckles has got, you know, know-how in that in those lower leagues. And I can't help but think he's just done a job on him. I don't know, you know, you, it's the sort of situation where you're like, I wonder if he said something in his ear or he's just, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship. He's managed to distract him to get the run on him. Um you know, some I, I was asking myself. You know, does, does Charlie Austin fall for that? You know, does Charlie Austin, if he's picking up Omar Beckles, like allow that to happen? And I can't help but think it it, it doesn't. But 
no use crying over spilt milk. Obviously, we we but, we uh, we kept things we kept things pretty tight, didn't we, for the rest of the first forty-five and yeah, and, and, and on into the second half, where I think if anything, we seem to we kind of came out at halftime. Our tails were very much up, weren't they, Ellis? And again, we started asking questions, and on on sixty-four minutes, um, I think the way the goal's been described, certainly on um, various outlets this week, is that the better teams. Are taking chances to try and win the game at home, and 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 if you if you uh, decide that um, you're not going to be policing the likes of Rashawn Hepburn, Murphy, and Jake Wakelin as closely as maybe you should, you're going to pay the price. That seemed to be the rhetoric that came from Richie Willens, and so it proved right. Hundred percent. It it was a, a lovely composed finish from from Wakelin. Um, you know, it, it takes some sort of composure to pull off a finish like that, or or even have the balls to sort of. Try that. Um, and, yeah, lots to do, isn't he? He had to cover a lot of ground. I mean, a lovely one too with Rashawn Hepburn Murphy. Yeah, but he's he's told Hepburn Murphy where he wants it. He's had an inch perfect return, but then he's still got to be. He's got a fair old amount of ground to cover, and he's got Lawrence Figaro to beat as well, who is arguably one of the goalkeepers, if not the goalkeeper of the season so far this season. Appreciate playing for top of the table. You can that's debatable, and certainly with so brilliant on goal, I wanted to have that debate, but. It's a cracking goal for so many reasons, wasn't it? Probably not the most spectacular, but no. if, you're, if you're looking at it technically, that is a superb goal from town. Yeah. Um, also, also need to mention that Wakelin, when he came on, and at that time, was actually playing left wing back. He wasn't playing as a forward. Yeah, sort of. Um, past couple of games when he's come on, he's, been, he's sort of been playing as a, as a wing back role. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it seems to be working. I mean, and uh, but the ball from Rashawn um, uh, actually can't be underestimated there because it was just perf- perfectly weighted, and he's had some criticism about his decision making at times. But that was such a good pass that yeah, that almost made the goal. Well, I've I've got I've got some stats here. I've, I've been uh, deep diving into the stats of the game. Um, so I'll just run them off quickly. I've got one main one that I want to focus on, but I'll leave that to the end. So we'll go through the key stats. Um, so Orient had 12 shots. We had eight. Um, of those 12 shots from Orient, two were on target. And out of our eight, four. Um, Orient had 56 possession, leaving us with 44. Um, and in terms of passes, they played three and 375 and we played 303 but sort of the one uh, stat that caught my eye was um, the amount of clearances made so um, we'll go through the tackles first so Orient made 10 tackles uh, that well tackles one and we had 13 but in terms of clearances Orient made 10 clearances and we made a staggering forty-two clearances. How many? Of the, um, how many of those? I mean, they were absolutely bombarding us, weren't they, Ellis? In the they second. were long throws in particular, and we stood up brilliantly. I think that was one of the reasons why Minter made such a such an eye-catching debut. I don't think he lost a single header in the second no. half, and and he he constantly had something to do. <laughs> he 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 didn't get a, a rest, the poor lad. Um, but yeah, forty-two clearances we made. 
unbelievable. And obviously, a lot of tackles as well. It, it's interesting, is it? I appreciate we're playing top of the league, but the possession stats were really caught my eye. It's quite unusual yeah. for us to see to see Swindon Town surrender so much possession. But obviously, we're used to our possession stats being up in the sort of high sixties. So to bring it that bring it back to forty four percent forty four percent possession, um, I think sort of told its own told its own story. Do, do, I don't know how, we, how the panel feels about this. Do we think that this is a you know, this is representative of the changes that, that Jody Morris is putting in place, um, that we are not going to be as obsessed with dominating the possession stats. Appreciate he wants to be a possession-based team. But do we think that's an indication of Jody Morris being a little bit more pragmatic in his approach? Yeah, well, I, I, think I, that, think, uh, I think it shows that, um, you know, previous managers, it's, it's almost as if we need, you know, above 60% possession, otherwise we're not going to win the game. I I think Jody's approach is possession possession is good, Um, possession is needed at times to to create opportunities, to to create openings and and whatnot. But when you're coming up against a team like Orient, having possession 60% of the time, at the end of the day, it's, it's probably not going to help, and it's it's not going to work. Um, and I I think we demonstrated that quite quite well in Saturday's game, um, in sort of the the off the ball work that that we done, especially defensively. Um, you know, it it paid off because we got the draw. I think with the um, I think with the goal as well, it says I think if that started off, if if, if we'd like wind it back. I think it might have been Clayton, who um, it was. Well, it was an agricultural clearance that sort of got us down the pitch to, to start with. But you know, with the way under under Scott Lindsay, would he have made that sort of clearance, or would he have tried to play it around the back? And I think that's at, at that point, this is just get it further up the field, set up and go. And I think that's the difference where we'd we'd sometimes we're a little bit more direct than all the tippy tappy passing. I, do you know you make a really interesting point, Chris? And there was, there's been several times this season, sort of post Lindsay and obviously post Garner, um, but there's been several times this season where I've looked at situations where the boys have just cleared their lines, and I've actually gone, do you know what? That that actually makes a lot of sense to me, and I appreciate, you know, getting the ball down, you know, trying to play through the thirds, you know, to to quote, you know. Lindsay himself, play through the thirds, blah, blah, blah. I get all of that. But it was starting to get to a stage where I was starting to get Luke Williams nightmares under those two managers. And and there were times where in the stands, I was like, hang on a minute. Like, we are your paying public here. I don't see us actually playing a style of football that actually your paying public wants to kind of pay to come and see. And and actually, you can't even argue back and say, well, hang on a minute, it's successful. Because actually, obviously, under the previous gaffer, it wasn't proving to be successful. It was just we got a worse, worse squad year on year. And it just felt to me that they were more likely to be making silly mistakes at the back. I think by being a little bit more pragmatic this season, we're going to probably get more out of arguably slightly less technically proficient players. Now, I, I say slightly less technically proficient players, but now I'm going to move on to talking about George McEachern because he, if we don't take up the option on extending his deal... Um, I'm going to personally go to whoever's house it is <laughs> that would make that decision and remonstrate with them in the strongest possible fashion. To, to I mean, obviously, we, I'll say, obviously, if we've got the option, there's no rush on it. 
because we can at any point we do it. But what why wait? It needs to be done. Oh yeah, I don't think we need to wait, honestly. We should have done it yesterday. We signed him and he's come in and he's literally he's been everything we like needed in midfield. And he's been absolutely unreal. Uh, Let me put it to the panel. Louis Reed or George McEachran? Oh you bastard. (laughs) Oh you Joe, you Well McEachran hasn't big of a C, but Joe. Um, I'm I'm going for McEachran just based off of his looks. He's a he's a top <laughs> top looking man. All right, Ellis, don't do a Kyle Walker. Put it away. <laughs> oh <No>. my god! <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing McEachran basically because we've got him now and we haven't got Reed. Oh, good point. Uh, listen, I mean it's such a tough one to call. Like, you know, I'm going to do my best not to have splinters in my ass here. But I mean, Louis Reed is like. On, on his day, Louis Reed is probably one of the best players outside the championship, like, you know, by a country mile. And he's, you know, Mansfield are, Mansfield are, you know, keeping motivated, you know, whatever it was that turned his head in his final. I, I You know, I've, I've made it quite clear what I think my suspicions are. I think it's obviously it's contract related, but, you know, keeping motivated, you've got an absolutely sublime um, player that can control a game from central defensive midfield position. And I think... It, you know, this is the thing. At the moment, you've got a George McEachern that's playing for his future. I think he's still got a bit to prove. Like I would, I would, I just, I hope if we do sign him, um, take up the option on the deal that we see George, a George McEachern that plays with the, you know, with his pecker up in the way that we're seeing at the moment. I think uh, one interesting point is actually, I think it was, I think it was Dean that mentioned it. Um, it says that uh, Louis Reed's a great player but he can only play in one system and one formation. And I thought, oh, and I thought that was actually quite interesting because I thought, oh, is that why maybe he wasn't so great this season? Well, look, yeah, the thing also, is... Also, one way you could look at it as well, George McEachern was here before Louis Reed because I think, I'm pretty sure he played the Peterborough game in pre-season before Reed signed. It was, yeah, he was on trial um, last season, but Garner didn't like him. To... Yeah, but he's a bald turtle prick. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, no, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow. Don't you hold back, John. Don't you hold back. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> wow. Defamation lawsuit inbound. Well, yeah, my my, uh, my my address for the lawsuit uh, postage is Hannah's. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm, I'm well and truly under the bus. Listen, all I would say is this: that <laughs> you know, listen, all of that could have been avoided, uh, Ben, if only you'd said goodbye. Um, yeah. Hey, you 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 snooze, you lose. But um, but listen, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, just to to kind of summarise, Ellis, a lovely lovely summary from you, mate. Thank you very much for um, for your statistical insights, but also your your insights into the game. And Chris, likewise, um, for confirming to everybody that uh, um, we forgot, or rather, I did that we forgot half the Swindon Town squad uh, by virtue of Jake Kane not even being recognised by us when the teams were announced in the pub. But there might have been other reasons for that um, that come in jars. Um, Right, I would say, um, obviously, lovely goal to finish off. And then we've defended stoutly. We've seen out the game. Everyone seemed pretty happy. Um, and hopefully, we're then rolling into our next opposition at the county ground on Saturday with a few return, a few players returning from injury. Hopefully, we haven't picked up. I uh, appreciate we lost Reese Devine, but hopefully we haven't picked up any more knocks. And we look forward to uh, the presser, which will be, what will be now? The presser will be the, uh, for, uh, what, Friday? No, it's, to- it's tomorrow, presser. Presser's yes. Thursday, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Thursday. Um, Andrew, who I can see listening. But it's normally about two o'clock on a Thursday, I think. Two o'clock Thursday for our pressure, so we'll have a better view of things out. But there weren't too many more limping other than Reese limping off the pitch on Saturday, were they? So um, a fine job. And listen, I just wanted to kind of round off by saying this. The thing that really warmed my heart um, on Saturday was at the end of the game. Like I, I tweeted about it. I really did feel that our supporters put their best foot forward on a few fronts. And I'm just going to rattle through them. The first was that I thought the reception uh, to the players, particularly to Harry Minton, who was obviously playing well out of um, sort of out of the comfort zone in terms of his opening his first league debut, you know, settled into it fantastically well. What a reception that young man's got. I'm sure he won't forget that. The look on his face was absolutely priceless. But the universal acclaim that that lad received from the town end was absolutely brilliant. Another player who asked me, and again, I tweeted it because he asked me to do it tonight, but um, the opportunity came up to bring it up a little bit earlier. Um, I got contacted by Joe Tomlinson, who obviously finished the game with the captain's armband. Very, very proud moment for Joe and his family, obviously. Um, But he just really stressed how important the fans were um, mentally to the players like psychologically we had such an important role to play and he really wanted to stress we were the 12th man all the cliches um, and he just wanted me to make sure that everyone's aware that it's not glib like it's not this isn't just something that they say just to kind of make people feel good like that we actually had a tangible impact on those lads whether that be the marginal gain call it what you will but the way that um, that Joe was straight on to me to just say, look, you know, Hannah's make sure as many of your listeners are aware as possible and that they spread the word. Like, you know, we, we need that through to the end of the season. Like, they, they all really believe. But I think that, you know, the message Joe's trying to give me is that they believe that they can get us to where we want them to get to if we just get off our asses and open our mouths, as we did um, on on Saturday. And then the, the, my final point was... I was blown away by the reception that we gave Richie Wellens. Um, and again, you could tell by the expression on his face, it made him feel a little bit awkward in front of his home fans because he was taking a claim from, from their fans and it was all a bit same old, same old. Then he's walked in front of the Swindon fans and everybody's singing there's only one Richie Wellens. Now, there were some detractors in, in amongst the town fans, like, why are we doing that? It's a little bit disrespectful, but just got to stress, Jody Morris got one hell of a reception from the town fans as well. And I think my point, and I hope you all feel it's valid, is that, listen, at the end of the day, it's not about being sentimental. You know, this guy won a league trophy for us and I appreciate he left. But the circumstances were, as I'm sure hindsight tells us, you know, we've had, we had COVID, we had the previous owners, all kinds of shenanigans going on in the background. I think it was just really nice, actually, to see Swindon Town fans putting their best foot forward and saluting a guy um, that we didn't have an opportunity to salute at the end of a season. Uh, and to be able to have done that at the county ground and at his ground as well, I think speaks volumes. And I've just got a feeling, you never know, I think there's, I'm pretty certain that there is another Richie Well and Swindon Town chapter to be written at some point. Um, and I do think that that would get quite significant backing, albeit I appreciate there are still detractors in some areas. So well done, Town. Cracking day in my hometown on Saturday. It was lovely seeing so many familiar faces. Um, just a mere 20, 30 minute run from where I live. So um, brilliant. And me managing to get home without backache and um, and uh, spending an inordinate amount of money um, at the M4 services. But Joe, we move. Um, we, we do got, move. We've got, we got a bit of Carlisle to talk about. But um, we are, uh, well, you've got before few- we dive into the preview of the weekend visit of Carlisle United, I think we've got a little announcement to make, haven't we? 
Yeah, we have. What Time are... for a drum roll, what are we saying? <laughs> Why don't you make it? Oh, no, I didn't expect a... Okay, right, we're ready. Oh, what a drum roll. All right. That's all uh, it just sounds like the bongos. That was my table. That was my uh, bedside table. Unfortunately, okay. I, don't, I don't think I can do much better. Well, well, I guess the the statement that we'd like to make on behalf of the Tom Broadbent Lounge and Swindon Town Football Club uh, would be along the lines of the the Tom Broadbent Lounge has been invited by Swindon Town Football Club to take over the compare or stadium announcer duties, however you want to say it. So, from this weekend, our very own Mark Hamrahan will be the resident voice at the county ground, pre-match crowd hyping, fan competitions, in-game announcements, etc. They will never sound the same again. In fact, they'll sound all the more familiar. <laughs> so, leading into the weekend, we thought we'd give STFC's new stadium announcer a bit of an interview to discuss how the role will look moving forward. Uh, what that means for the relationship between the Tom Broadbent Lounge and Swindon Town Football Club and how this all came about. So, Hannahs, do you fancy a few little questions to answer? Yeah, okay. Why not? Yeah. Lovely. So, we'll, we'll go we'll go formal with this, shall we? So, so Mark, how has this all come about? Um, okay, so I think it's, it's interesting because we've just received from uh, from John. Um, and thank you, John. Very kind words, but I was just tweeting about effing time. I think <laughs> uh, taking me out of that equation, it, it's felt to me for quite a while that county grounds needed a little bit of a um, a, a bit of a a little bit of a lift in certain areas. I mean, I'm not I'm not for a second saying the county ground is a library. Far from it. But I think one of the problems that we have as a football club is certainly for the last 30 years, we as a, um, as a fan base have had a lot of kicks in the gonads um, to uh, quote Jody Morris from the weekend. It, it feels like whenever we've had an opportunity to celebrate something, you know, Lady Luck has conspired to kick us square in the gonads. And, and, and I think most of us are at a stage now where, it's very easy for us to look on look on the downside. It's one of the reasons why I decided to launch the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge in the first place because I got to a stage where I'm like, look, what am I actually doing here? Like, when I go to the county ground on a Saturday, you know, it's meant to be entertainment. I'm meant to go there, like, not fearing the worst. You know what? It's about time with a new owner coming in that we just flip the script and actually start looking a little bit glass half full. Um, so, as, as far as I'm concerned, that's been my outlook. And... Um, I think it's fair to say that, I mean, I, I just need to stress this because the question has been raised on several occasions that maybe the fan base is so not used to things being glass half full with a Swindon Town voice that there were some um, fingers pointed in our direction as to whether or not, I mean, I've been asked directly, like, are you on the payroll? Like, are the club paying you to do what you're doing? You know, what's the arrangement here? You know, you're not independent. Yeah, you know, people have asked about why do we get all this access where other other avenues haven't got the access. And my reply to that is really quite straightforward. You know, we were very, very, we're very dynamic. You know, we're very, um, um, we're very flexible. We can be because guess what? I mean, I've, I'm lucky enough that I've been able to retire early in life. So I've got a little bit more time on my hands. That enables us to be very flexible. Um, that enables us to be in certain places where others might struggle because of work commitments or whatever it might be. I think people kind of quite, literally like the vibe you know that 
people contact me saying keep doing what you're doing you know you know you know excuse the, excuse the french but fuck the haters as the kids would say there are people that want to drag us down there are people that want to make us feel bad for for being you know positive or trying to be positive but i think i said from the outset joe it's a long-winded way to answer the question typical hannah style but i said from the outset <laughs> i said to the club you know, listen, we're going to be glass half full, but I'm going to hold you to account. If I feel that we're being, as a fan base, mugged off, or if I feel that things could be done better, you know, you're going to be the first people to hear. We, we will be one of the first people to start asking those questions when we feel that there is something legitimate to whinge about. And I think that's the thing. There's We're not hair trigger. And I think it's got to a stage, certainly over the last sort of um, two months in particular, where we put, we've posed some very uncomfortable questions of people that are responsible for doing things behind our club. We've 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 looked at certain things that we're not happy about. We've asked questions about the Charlie Austin signing. We've asked questions about recruitment. We've asked questions about um, season tickets. We've given the people the opportunity when questions have been raised about our accounts to come on and actually ask answer those questions directly from our from our listeners. And I think we've done the same with some of our players as well. Yeah, of course we like to have a laugh with our players. I'm not going to repeat the formula that you get everywhere else. So you're not going to get from us what you get with the low strangers or what you get with the old duffers or what you get with the supporters club or what you get with fools rushing. You're not going to get that with us. What's the point? If we all did the same thing, if we all tried to be Jeremy Paxman, no one's going to want to listen to us. So we try and do something different. So to be fair, I think as well with, with being a Swindon town fan, We've said over the last year or so, we are a bit spoiled with with content. We've got so much quality content out there. The, the names that you mentioned there, like, you know, the supporters club doing that on the sofas. You've got the low strangers that have been doing it for a while. Falls rushing guys. We've got a real good base of, of Swindon Town content and social media. But as you say, we've all tried to be a little different. And I think, you know... We we've done our best to stay as impartial as possible. We've a lot of the time as well. The questions that that we ask the people at the club, whether that's in leadership positions or you know managerial or on the pitch or staffing, sometimes they're not online. But we do ask the questions, and believe me, listeners, if we if we ever hear anything that is a worry to us in concern with the football club, you'll be the first to know because we we don't have we don't have those loyalties to to really defend people to the hill when, it, when it's not justified. So I think, Hannah, that probably leads into my next question for you. Well, listen, um, just before you go there, I just want to stress this, all right? Yeah, go on. For 20 years of my life, I represented 442, all right? For those of you who aren't aware, 442 is um, the world's leading independent football magazine, um, formerly owned by the Haymarket Media Group, who were my employers for the best part of 20 years. And the football division was very much like my my bread and butter. It was my my absolute dream job. Now, the key thing about 442 was its independence, but also its, um, uh, it's it like it ferocious, it, it's, it's it's irreverence, but it's, it's always wanted to remain edgy. Now, I like to think that after spending 20 years you know, behind the scenes of 442 in, you know, various senior positions. Um, I'm not going to roll over and just be someone's patsy. And I just want to make that absolutely clear to anyone that might have any lingering doubts. Um, because is that is a, an allegation that I take really, really seriously. Like, if, if people want to stand and point fingers at me, I mean, some someone once posed the question to me that, you know, actually suggested that because I sound like Lee Power, 
I'm something to do with Lee Power. Well, I'm I'm really sorry, but I've supported the club since 1986. I'm from Lewisham. Guess what? So's Lee Power. So shoot me. Uh, there's nothing I can do about the fact that I'm from where I am. But the fact is, all my family are Swindonians. I'm very, very proud of my Swindon roots. I'm very, very proud um, that I've got that longevity of support. But I'm also, crucially, very, very proud that I've been part of the one of the largest independent football reporting voices that this country has ever produced. Um, and I try and bring a bit of that to the table with what we do on the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. Yeah, of course, we're a bit more spit and sawdust than a polished, glossy monthly magazine that ends up on your newsstands. But that DNA is just part of what I do. So, um, fingers crossed, it all shines through. And I hope that's why, you know, I mean, our last show, there's three and a half thousand of you guys listened in. And I hope there's a reason for that. Um, you know, you seem to like what we do. So, if we can bring a little flavour of that to your Saturday experience in the stadium, then fantastic. Yeah, yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. So I suppose you've probably asked, answered my second question a little bit there. So we'll go on to this one. We've spoken there a little bit about how the Tom Broadbent Lounge is independent of the football club. We're not being paid by anyone to to spruce things up and, you know, polish some some proverbial turds that are maybe in the in the background at times. Um, so what does this mean for the Tom the Tom Broadbent Lounge? Will there any be change, any changes moving forward? Does this now mean that we're we're no longer going to be independent from the football club? Have we signed anything to make us an official sort of media partner? Are we are we now under the umbrella of of Clem's ownership? No, absolutely, fundamentally not. Just to be very very clear, the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge is an independent. Swindon Town Twitter space. I'm pleased I said that. Now I don't have to say it at the end. Um, no, we're completely independent. We're going to stay completely independent. The club are aware that the only reason I'd be willing to, you know, accept their invitation to take that role on on a Saturday is that it doesn't affect anything that we've achieved with the show. And listen, it's a it's a virtuous cycle at the end of the day. You know, if we keep on doing good stuff on a Wednesday night and on a Saturday at the county ground, then when it comes to stepping out on the pitch on a Saturday, hopefully it'd be a little bit easier to kind of, you know, ramp up the atmosphere and, and get people buying into the kind of things that we're doing on the pitch. Um I think the minute we start clearly presenting ourselves as stooges of the management, um, you lose a little bit of that magic. Now, the th- this is the thing. I, I hope, I- I'm pretty sure that we are the only football club out of the 92 that have allowed an independent um, fans Twitter space to come on and take over the mic in the ground. Now, that is another, for me, that is another show of commitment uh, to transparency from our football club that they're willing to do that and I've got I can only stress and look Rob Angus is is very very uh, available to you all as he does his rounds on a Saturday go and ask Rob how many questions or how many how many rules he's put in place for me ahead of Saturday's game and I'll tell you the answer I'll tell you the answer now the answer is none there's obviously some some basic taste boundaries because we're talking to a family audience we're after the watershed now so we can drop the old f-bomb but on a Wednesday, I think that's the only thing. I've just got to play nicely. But um, it, listen, I don't think anyone's expecting, I mentioned his name earlier, I don't think anyone's expecting Jeremy Paxman or Henry Winter on the touchline on a Saturday um, when we're talking about just having a bit of fun with the stands and getting people a little bit more engaged uh, with things other than, you know, what 11 superstars in red are doing. Um, we're soon going to find out though, aren't we? Yeah, 100%, mate. Like I say, it's... It's a really exciting sort of move for I think as you said the football club as well as as well as us as a group really because 
we are now part of a historic move in the EFL where a football club has had, you know, an announcer that's not a part of their business, if you like. It's it's part of an independent panel of supporters, which is yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's it's exciting, it's it's new. Um but I think I mean, obviously as a group, this is a massive achievement for us all, really, but I think on a personal level, you're gonna be the designated announcer. Um what does it mean to you on a personal? Because it's a big thing, right? Oh man, listen. I mean, I, I said to you, I've been I've been supporting the club since I was like nine, ten years old. Um, I can vividly remember all the you know the sights, the tastes, the smells, the you know the experience of my first trip to the county ground, and you know I ended up working in media. Like the whole media piece always fascinated me from a very very early age, and. Um, I still remember the the magic, the first time I was ever invited to step out on the county ground pitch with my boots and my gloves on and have 90 minutes in between the sticks at the county ground pitch. Like It was just utterly magical. Um, to get the opportunity to be invited by my football club, um, our football club, to go out on that pitch and, you know, announce the teams, have a bit of fun with the stands... Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's every little boy's dream, right? I mean, I, I can't I can't stress that enough. Like, I'm the lovely thing is like the the whole premise behind what I want to try and achieve when we're out on the pitch is I just want people to understand. Like, I am there as a fan for the fans. I don't mean that to sound cheesy, but if I can kind of I don't know, I, I would just want people to realise that like I'm literally I'm like every other Swindon Town supporter inside that ground, like. You know, we've all shared the same sort of highs, lows, disappointments, excitement, thrills, etc. Um, you know, I just want to carry a little bit of that. I don't want to sound too schmaltzy, but I just want to carry a little bit of that out on the pitch. Like I'm your representative out on the pitch. Um, you know, and I'm going to do my absolute damnedest to have a few of you guys come out randomly, come out and join me on the pitch. I'm not just talking about my teammates on the Saton Broadbent Lounge. I am talking about a few of you guys that have never been out on the pitch. There's going to be, I'm going to be giving you opportunities to come out and join me um, and not necessarily make a mug of yourself. Um, so, again, there's another, you know, I understand only too well how special that is an opportunity. And if I can extend that opportunity and get some other people out there with me as well, you can be sure as eggs is eggs, I'm going to be doing it from Saturday onwards. Hannes, can I quickly just say, uh, essentially, just, just a big well done. Um, I don't think... A lot of people, a lot of listeners realise the amount of hard work that you put in sort of behind the scenes for the Seton Broadbent Lounge. Um, you know, if if you guys could see see the plans that Hannah's put, puts together before each show, you know, they're, they're not far away from where for where for, for what we say in the show. Um, you know, he does, does plans for pre-match shows on, on the Saturday, tra- travels you know, hours to get here every every home game. Um so, you know, it, it's it's good to see that your your hard work is is being recognised, Hannah's. Yeah, to oh, be fair, just to add on to that as well. If I could tell you back before I moved to uni, the amount of times I go to my mum and be like, Mum, where's dad? And I hear out of her mouth he's working on the bloody show again. Like <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous the amount of work that obviously I know I'm his son and all that, so it doesn't mean as much coming from me. But um, 
seeing like just the amount of time like he spent just obviously on the phone sorting things out like back when we used to have like a lot more um of like the the ex players coming on he'd be constantly like he'd be weeks planned ahead it was absolutely ridiculous like my mum absolutely hated it but i think a little part of her was uh, a little bit proud of it. um but yeah no it is just absolutely mental like the amount of work that goes on behind the scene yeah um it, yeah like i said it, it's just a huge credit and the Saturn Broadbent Lounge would be nowhere near where it is now without Johannes. Oh, that's very kind. But listen, on Saturday, it's not going to be, obviously, it's not going to be all about me. Like I said, you hopefully we'll have the best part of 10,000 people in the in the stadium with us. And um, we've got some nice surprises lined up where I genuinely mean what I say. Like there's, there's going to be some lovely opportunities to um, help, like for me to help people tick a, you know, um, you know, <laughs> tick a life box. So um, just keep your ears peeled. Get If you can, get into the ground bright and early. We're going to start our on-pitch coverage by about sort of 10 to 2. We're going to be the first place that you will get the opportunity to hear the team lineups. So if you want a literal reason, as opposed to just seeing my bald head glistening in the Wiltshire sun, um, as I hope we see on Saturday, um, it will be um, because we're going to be the first place where you're going to get the opportunity to get the team lineups um, uh, read to you. So, but also um, working alongside me, um, we've got um, uh, our DJ Jay up in the box. Um, Jay's um, going to be responsible. So MST, thanks for your tweets, mate. Um, just to, to go through them in detail, he's saying XTC can stay, but please don't play Sweet Caroline. And I hope the PA is working in the Don Rogers. Not now. Listen, I'm, I've been told that the PA should hold up in the Don Rogers, but I beat the club have held their hands up and said there's a, a sticking plaster on it this season. I do my damnedest. I'll shout extra loud when I come over to that side of the ground. Sweet Caroline XTC, listen, nothing to do with me, albeit you've only got to take one look at my bio um, on my Twitter handle to get a flavour as to what the music might sound like if they let me loose on the mixer. And I don't think it is to everyone's tastes. So, listen, DJ uh, DJing is going to be left to my colleague up in the box and um, we're going to be bound. So, basically, there's going to be plenty of music, there's going to be plenty of on-pitch entertainment and we're going to just look to give the place a little bit of a, a little bit of an extra jolt because let's just say at the moment it sounds like we got we we got we got ten voices. We want to try and get it to a level level you know level eleven. Um, we need those players to hear that twelfth man, and um, that's a big responsibility. And uh, trust me, I do feel it. So um, all I would ask is everyone just try and get behind us at the, at the weekend. And you know what? Don't be but don't care what the person next to you is saying. Don't let anyone standing next to you like being negative, having a moan up, all the rest of it. Listen, you go to football to make a noise on a Saturday, right? So go to football, make a bloody noise, whether you're in the Arkles, Don Rogers, Townend, it does not matter. Don't be one of those guys that's too cool for school. Like, don't worry about making yourself look a wally. At the end of the day, you walk out that ground like two hours later, no one's going to give a monkeys and the rest of your life can go back to normal. But... You've only got to look at the way they work at Ellen Road. Like that place absolutely rocks every home game, irrespective of result. And that's because every single person in that ground is encouraged to open their mouths and get behind the team. And I know, like I said, trust me, 30 years of negativity. Like I get it. Like we have had it absolutely. If there is any fan base in the country that's got a reason to just sit there with their arms folded, having a massive sulk, it's us. But why, why bother? You're spending 20-odd quid on your ticket, 20 quid plus. Or you, you've sp- you, if you're like me, you've probably spent the best part of a grand on your season tickets, you and your family. 
just go and let go for a couple of hours. You know, because I guarantee you, all you're going to see as a result of that is positivity on the pitch. If you don't believe me, ask Joe Tomlinson. And if you don't believe Joe Tomlinson, ask me to echo those sentiments to you. Catch up with him beside the Arkles before the game or after the game and ask him directly and get him to tell you how important it is. Are there any new chance on the cards? MST is asking. Well, listen, that's not up to me. That's up to you lot. But what I will say is I might give you a little bit of inspiration. How about that? I certainly think that we're not making as much as we can out of a star man running down the right. I'm pretty sure his name is Romeo Hutton, and I'm pretty sure he's fucking dynamite. So, hey, look, there's one for starters. But um, that's for you lot to work out on a Saturday. How's that, Joe? Well, right? I think, mate, mate, that's perfect. We've we've got Steve on the show for, I believe, his debut. So, uh, oh, good Steve, Lord. welcome to the show, mate. Steve, you've got to unmute your mic, fella. Right. I'm feeling a little... Hello, Steve. Good evening. There I am. Um, Very good. Good, good. I'm not going to be at the game on Saturday. Just wanted to. Okay. Just wanted to wish you good luck with it. To be fair, and it's what it needs. Because. Oh, look, thank you, Steve. Let's be fair. Most of the time, you sit there at the county round with a bovril, sat in your seat, and it's boring because no one's doing anything. And yeah, it definitely needs something to brighten the place up and hopefully stop the. Um, Negatives from being negative. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you, Steve. And to be honest with you, like I said, the, the fan in me, I mean, I had to think long and hard about it when they, they offered me the opportunity because for all the reasons Joe's asked, you know, at the end of the day, listen, we're an independent fan Twitter space and I can't, I, you know, I have to put up with enough trolling as things is, you know, without now presenting, actually presenting myself on the pitch on a Saturday. But you know what? I'm one of these people that just says, at the end of the day, if you want something to change, there are two types of people in this world, Steve. There are people that do, and there are people that say they do, but don't. And I'm definitely like to put myself down as one of those people that says he does. So at the end of the day, mate, it's a bit of do or die, isn't it, on Saturday? And um, like I say, we'll we'll run it through to the end of the season. If everyone likes what they, if everyone likes what we do, and we can get the place rocking, then who knows? You might see me next season as well. Well, but thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. No, no, credit where it's G. You're doing a good job with this thing. And um, I, I might have a little bit, bit of a whinge on the um, Twitter, but with you, but it's all in jest and whatever else, you know me. Yeah, of course. No, we get that, Steve. And thank you, mate. That's really kind of you. Thanks for popping up. No worries at all. Cheers. All right, buddy. Take care. Oh, Steve Terrell. How about that? Lovely to put a voice to the name, Joe. Yeah, 100%. Cheers for coming on, Steve, mate. That's that's really nice. I'd say, you know, the, the request button's always there, so anyone listening wants to get involved, pop your request in, come and join us, have a chat. That's what we're all about. It's the beauty of doing live shows. Um, it's past the watershed, too, so if you're worried about effing and jeffing, fuck it, just get on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, leading on, obviously, that was we were meant to be going into the Carlisle preview, Um Without wanting to take too much time up, really, I think, you, you know, it's clearly going to be a hard game um, at the weekend. They're one of the most informed teams in the league. Um, we're at home, so you think we, we shouldn't really be losing. I think it's one of those games where, because they're so close to the automatics, it's probably a good point. I think I wouldn't see it if we drew the game as two points lost, it's one of those games. If we can get a point out of 
both Carlisle and both um, and Lane Orient, sorry, in in double in double headers in a week. Genuinely, that's, that's not a bad result. Mm. Uh, well, they've won. They've won their last three, Joe, haven't they, Carlisle? I mean, if you had told me earlier in the season that you know that Paul Simpson would have Carlisle, obviously Paul Simpson returning to that club would be a little bit like, I guess, we mentioned him earlier, Richie Wellers returning to Swindon. Um, you know, a, a massive hero in some in in most um, departments up at Carlisle. But you know, won their last three games. They've usurped Stevenage. You seem to be put a stranglehold on second position. And while Stevenage have, have have lost four of their last six, I think it is, you know, Carlisle's run of form, um, that they're winning the last three games. They've um, they've managed to leapfrog them. And I think, um, I'll be honest with you, mate, watching Leighton Orient on Saturday, I wasn't particularly impressed. They strike me. Everyone's saying, oh, they're, they'll, they'll go on and win that league. I, I just thought they were pretty ordinary. So I'm... I'm really they, didn't, cool. they didn't strike me as a, an amazing team when we played them earlier in the season. Did you hear Genuinely, what... mate, there's no one in this league that scares me. Did I you think... hear what Anthony Grant said about them, Joe? So yeah. An- Anthony Grant compared the Leighton Orient lineup with our lineup under Richie Wellens. And he was like absolutely unequivocal. And he was like, he's not just saying it because, you know, he had a Swindon Town audience. But, and I, I completely get it. Said we would have absolutely obliterated that Leighton Orient team with Doyle and Yates. Um, with DJ, with Lydon, with Michael Doughty. Um, he, he was mentioning like our strength in depth and talked about like Danny Rose. Um, yeah, we have threats all over the pitch. I didn't really... I mean, Leighton Orient brought their big guns on at the weekend, didn't they? And I was a bit like, meh. But I've got to tell you that I'm, the football fan per se in me is really looking forward to seeing what Carlisle are all, all about on Saturday. But at the same time, it's a little bit of kind of trepidation because... Likewise, we're going into the game with much improved form. But Carlisle, three wins on the bounce. Their tail's going to be well up, aren't they? Yeah, properly. Uh, they're they're probably the most informed team in the league. You've got Stevenage have just fallen off the cliff after Aston Villa in the cup. Orion have started dropping points here, there and everywhere. Northampton, again, have just dropped off. Carlisle are the informed team. Yeah. And to be fair, fair play to them. Like, they've, they've got... I mean, their budget is maybe one of the smallest in the league. I've not seen any balance sheets or whatever, but I'd imagine they're at least in the bottom half in terms of playing budget. Mm. Um, and they've got, they've got, obviously, they're the division's top scorers. And they've got Christian Dennis with 18 goals and four assists from his 35 games this season. So, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, he's passionate. Had- He's the lad that's done the business against us before. Um, so, they, they, yeah, they, they've obviously got a threat. But, I mean, he's, his shot accuracy is what really catches the eye. So, 58 shots that Christian Dennis has scored. He's 18 goals from this season. 59%. So, six. let's just round it up. 60% shot accuracy um, for Christian Dennis. So, um, yeah, he's he, we're going to have to keep him quiet. And the worrying thing is for us, of course, is that we're going into that game at the weekend um, – with still to a degree patched up backline, you never want to. You never want that going into a game against an eighteen goal marksman, do you? You don't know. But is this the game? Do we now stick with with Harry Minturn, or do we go and chuck you know Brewer in off the bat next to Tom Clayton, who I'm assuming that he's played with Clayton before at Liverpool. Mm. Um, or is he? No, nah, he's probably a little bit too old, isn't he? He's probably a few years older than Clayton. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, 
Uh, Tom Murray, there's, there's about five years difference between them, but yeah, he was he was there until 2017. Um, so I doubt it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you've done the other thing there is could be with um, Divine coming out, you could slide Tomlinson over to left back and then put Brewitt in as as another centre back and play those as a three if he wants to keep that that same system. Mm. But the other thing I would say about Carlisle is that they perhaps have the best player in this league this season, you know, in Moxon, who has been absolutely outstanding for them. Yeah, 13 assists, Owen Moxon. Five goals, 13 assists from his 36 games. He's clocked up. He's the second highest amount, the third highest amount of minutes um, for um, for them this season. Nine minutes played. He's racked up 29 shots, 17% conversion rate and 41% shot accuracy. So, yeah, Moxon's a real fan's favourite there, isn't he? Yeah, and he's come from nowhere. Mm. Yeah. So, look, Arch, you started talking about um, um, Brewitt. You've done a little bit of analysis on him, haven't you? Because, um, obviously, we've seen signing earlier in the season. Indeed. Um, but fair to say um, that he's um, a colourful character. Yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how much we want to touch on this. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now with what happened... Um, Back when he was back when he was in his younger days, um, when he he essentially admitted in 2020, I believe, on interview, admitted to uh, injuring his teammate to try and get picked in a, uh, I believe it was for a cup match. Um, but obviously he was a he was a young lad. I've seen a ridiculous amount. Like it's it's um, a little bit split um, in our fan base at the moment in terms of uh, what people are saying. Um, but he was he was a young lad. I mean, if he was, he was. You can kind of, you can see it in in two ways, really. Um, he was so desperate to uh, prove himself that he he went that far um, to injure a teammate. Um, obviously, either way you look at it, it's completely wrong. Shouldn't have done it. But um, I don't think he has many many worries in terms of trying to injure a teammate here, considering our injury crisis. Yeah, we're, they're pretty, but they're all broken. I mean, listen, Arch. Exactly. I'll, I'll, yeah, they are already broken. Arch, I'll, I would say this: that if anything, um, I, I kind of feel that Tom Brewitt's been let down by whoever was running the media. Who, whenever he's done that interview, yeah, I can promise you this: I spent the best part of twenty years working in the football industry and spoke to an awful lot of footballers. Um, and Tom Brewitt would not be the first footballer um, to, let's say, put in a robust challenge on a teammate. Um, <laughs> let's just say that based on some conversations I've had historically. However, Tom Brewitt's probably just fallen foul of, um, you know, not being protected by, you know, by media because yeah. he probably gave that interview not fully understanding the ramifications of of what that means or or, or how that might represent him as a character and and all i can say is that you know he's his interactions with people around the club the people that that i care about around the club that i know are great people um you know all of those interactions have been massively positive um, yeah i mean as well i i did meet him um when i went down to uh as some of you will know went down and helped out the kit men with their with their podcast um he he made a little appearance i didn't know his name at the time i'd seen the rumor going about on twitter about him so I, I did recognise the face and um, I had a conversation with him. He, he seemed like a proper top bloke. Um, there was nothing about him that would scream that he is a he's a neg- like a, a bad character. He was he was with all the lads. 
Um, like he, he seemed he'd already kind of slotted into the side, really, in terms of um, the morale side of things. So I don't, I don't think we have got much to worry about there, in all honesty. Um, and not being yeah. fun, can I just, can I just point out, like we are, we are a club that have given people um, opportunities that have, um, you know, that have gone the wrong side. I'll just draw a line here. I'll just sort of put it like this. There are certain lines that are that are are out there that people would generally, I think, agree are acceptable. And we've given people an opportunity at our football club when those lines have been crossed, um, you know. And listen, at the end of the day, um, we've got a player, like I said, from my, if you want a, a formally professional opinion, he's been let down by other people that should be employed to protect him and his reputation, um, and that's not happened. So, um, does it make it right? You know what he admitted? Of course not. Um, but should everyone be given an opportunity to redeem themselves? Yeah. Did anybody has anybody died or has anyone you know been seriously injured? The answer to that is no. Um, so or mortally injured. The answer to that is no. Yeah, I do completely agree with you as well with um, the idea of proving himself. Obviously, he's got decent youth pedigree. He was at, he was at Liverpool for ten years um, between two thousand seven and twenty seventeen. So obviously, he's worked under. He's worked under some um, pretty. Was he there when Klopp was there? When did um, when did Klopp come in? I think he would have been. Yeah, he um, was. He was there in Klopp's first season. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's worked under. He's worked under some um, some good like good managers. Um, then when you kind of follow his career onwards, um, he went over to. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'm terrible at pronouncing these. You've got AFC. Is it Fold? Fold. Yep. Yeah, um, where obviously he's made appearances there. He then had his move to Morecambe um, for the 2019-2020 season, where he, he did score in his 22 appearances. Um, so that's always a bonus. Then he's moved over to uh, Tacoma Defiance, um, which I believe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's moved over to his um, to America uh, for his football, where he spent the last two seasons. Um, so then he moved to Hartford Athletic the following season. Um, he's, oper- he... he's not. He's not. He's operating in basically the second string of American. Yes. Subject, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, where he, he did score. He scored three yeah. goals in thirty-one appearances as well. So I mean, he's got goals in him, which is always a bonus. Um, he's. He's. I think he's six foot one, and he, he's a big lad as well. When I when I saw him, he comes across as much larger. He, he is what we need um, at the back when you when you really think it that way. I mean, if you put it if you put it this way in terms of. Um, if he's if he's willing to go that far on teammates, um, you can you can expect he is like he's a double R bastard at the back that we we've been calling out for. He's a barrel, yeah. He's an. Well, yeah, it's. I think if anything, to be it. fair, lads, he's a body. Like he's he's a body in a shirt at centre back. Like we just, just need it. Joe doesn't Arch make a very very good point? He does. He makes if, a good point. If, if you think about the Swindon teams the last couple of years, it's all. A, and, and I mean, and I'm not saying this like being disparaging, but they're they're really, really, really nice guys. And and when I think back in whether it be business or successful football teams I've played in, you always need a couple of bastards in there. Do you know what I mean? Like players with a bit of an edge in there. Yeah, 100. percent Because like, especially bit, when you think about how how physical this league is as well, it's like you can't like we, we have a back line of youth players essentially, and it's like when you if we were going into Carlisle. Like with a back stick of youth players, especially against like you were saying about um, Lowe Moxon and his like, his goal involvements this season, it's you need someone in there who's willing to put in a challenge. Like 
who is uh, who is a like like he's got it in him. Like, it's one of those ones you want. It's... You want someone that they're going to be worried about because yeah, so... like, I think it's probably why Blake Tracy's probably stood out this season is because he's 100%. the only player we've had at the back. How many really? times has that lad broken his nose? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, genuinely. Yeah, I get, I get the same sort of same sort of vibe from Tom Brewitt, and I feel like it would be it is going to be quite a good, um, quite 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 a useful asset to have in the back line. What, yeah, what we're saying though, it's just a, back it's line. a number. What we need in our back line isn't is a Beckles. Yeah, and, it is and, now, and, and if Brewitt can bring even half of that, I think it will will it'll improve us. Well, listen, I mean, having, again, it's pedigree, isn't it? And and the one thing that, you know, I'll tip my hat to the recruitment guys all day long is that when you look at players that we've brought in this season, um, pedigree is always very, very high on the list. Um, and the I fact- wouldn't tip any sort of hat, but you go on. Yeah, but you know, but but the fact is, like you know, listen, you, you you're looking at you know, in in seasons gone past, we've given the opportunities. Tom Tom Brewitt feels to me a little bit like a Yasser Kassim, a Masluongo, you know, a Nathan Byrne, a player that has got that incredible pedigree, but has maybe lost his way a little bit. And then we give him the platform to shine, and we give him that big opportunity. Um, I think we've talked about the, you know, the potential character flaws or the way that he's been let down by people in the past in terms of letting certain stories be told in certain ways. I've, you know, I just keep, you know, we just wish, obviously, Tom, we wish you all the best, mate, um, for hopefully your debut on Saturday. The, uh, the, obviously, we've announced his signing, and I noticed that there was no mention of international clearance, so I'm gonna, gonna suggest that that's probably come through now. But I guess we're gonna find out at the. Uh, the presser tomorrow. Uh, I, I think that's the probably the reason why it took so long is the international clearance. Obviously, he's he is an American citizen, um, so he got his. I think it's is it a blue card um, last year. So obviously, he's he's transferred nationalities completely to to gain an American passport. So that's probably why it took over the weekend to get through. Um, right, Joe. A note, a note for future shows when we get Tom on. He's got to sing the Star Spangled Banner from start to finish to earn a hoodie. That's yeah, hundred percent, definitely. It's also worth pointing out as well that I think he's probably had pictures with Casey over the last two or three games, so he's been here for a while. He was at he was at the Salford game, so he's been here for ages. He's been yeah. at the club for ages. I think you know. I was just thinking then we were talking about his his sort of character and and, and the situation or scenarios coming into the club. It absolutely smacks of um, Manny Egbo last season. Yeah, like, yeah, he's coming from America. He's played Manny Egbo as well. So the both of them played together over in the USL Championship. Uh, I saw Manny had commented on on Tom's Instagram story, being like, you know, you know, a bit bit positive, winky face towards the Swindon Town link, which was nice to see. Uh, and let's face it, if he could have half of the impact that Manny had last year, then he's doing well. And it's probably a similar time that he signed. Yeah, I, th- I make you right, Joe. And in similar circumstances as well, in terms of injuries in his position, you know, I think it's got to a stage where, listen, at the end of the day, as you say, he's a body through the door, he's in the right position. Um, in the same way that um, Harrison took full advantage on Saturday, um, hopefully um, your boy Tom can take full advantage on Saturday coming as well. Obviously, the flip side is the the big question is, and I'm just going to ask you all to give me a yes or no, um, or just give me the name. If you had the choice, you're going to go with Harrison Minter, and you're going to go with Tom Brewitt starting on Saturday. Where are you going, Joe? Oh, Minter. 
Chris? I'm going both purely because um, Divine's out, slide Tomlinson to left back and play um, Brewitt, Minturn and Clayton as a three at the back. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say Chris because I agree with him. <laughs> I just wanted an either or. If we're going with a back four, Arch, who are you going with, Brewitt or Minturn? A back four, then it's then it's Chris. Back um, back three, back three in the... Um... I don't know. I, I You've totally like... corrupted my question in here, haven't you? So you're saying that we're all going to go with a back three? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't see it not being a back four. Um, if it isn't, though, then oh, it's, it's a difficult question. I know, obviously, well, I you want to yes or no, but um, oh, uh, if if Brewitt's fit, then Brewitt. Um, I'm probably going to get a lot of stick for that, but um, I don't think you can drop Minton. Uh, That's the thing. I don't, don't think you can. You start interjecting. I'm, you know, they've got to give me their individual answers. I, don't, I, I just, I can't see Minton getting dropped after that performance. That's the only issue. But... Well, you can't see it, but do you, would you? Would, who are you going to go with? It's a tough question. It's a tough ask. If it's one or the other in the back four, then it's <laughs> Minton. But I think that they'll go with a five and probably play them both. Thank you. <laughs> We've. Uh, it looks like we've just lost Ellis. Ellis has just dropped out. I think yeah, Ellis has given up. <laughs> he's he's at the drop off early. He sends his apologies. Right. Well, we're um. We're Ellis coming... couldn't decide. All right. Well, listen. We'll we'll keep the we'll keep our powder dry, Joe, because we're going to still be run. Although we're doing pitch duties, we'll still be running a show from the Legends Lounge on Saturday, where we'll be doing a. Real... <laughs> wow. What was that? Is Arch alive? Is he, is he alive? Yeah, yeah, that was... Um, I accidentally clicked the soundboard by accident and it just went off and I didn't have to turn it off. So oh, good God. Oh, thanks, Arch. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. I, I be, do apologise. Dear listener, we're going to be running a Carlisle show live from the county ground on Saturday um, from um, around midday. So um, tune in again for a, a deep dive into Carlisle on Saturday. Um, we hope to, if we can, we're going to try and involve a few Carlisle fans, whether that be pre-contributions or live contributions, um, subject to one or two being allowed to join us in the Legends Lounge. Uh, heaven forbid. Um, but um, we're going to, we're just going to round up and just going to um, tip our hats to Royal Recognition. Royal Recognition, dear listener, what a week it's been for Swindon Town Legends. So delighted that Mike Summerby, after the unbelievable career, 80 years young Mike Summerby is now. Um, Mike Summerby was awarded an OBE um, at Windsor uh, Castle, awarded by um, His Royal Highness Prince William. And Chris Kamara and James Milner both received MBEs. But to give you a little bit of an overview... Mike Summerby, OBE, um, was awarded for services to football and charity. Mike achieved eight England caps, 244 Swindon Town appearances and 40 goals. Overshadowed and tends to be overshadowed by his Man City career, um, where he's, his legend um, is absolutely up there with the with the uber gods in blue. But let's not forget that Mike Sumby was one of Burt's babes back in the day. And as I say, 244 Swindon Town appearances and 40 goals speaks for itself. But Mike's career, he clocked up over, well over 700 career appearances. Obviously, father of another Swindon Town hero, a legend of 1993 and beyond, Nicky Summerby, who represented us in the Premier League. Mike was inducted into the National Museum Hall of Fame. And for those of you with an eagle eye on the fine 80s movies, Mike starred in Escape to Victory with the, the late, great Bobby Moore OBE, our very own Ozzy Ardiles, the late Pelé, and of course, Michael Caine and Sly Stallone, who decided to pull on the goalkeeping gloves. 
not to mention John Walker, Russell Osman, for those of you of a Bristol City persuasion, which of course none of us would dream to be. Um, Chris Kamara, MBE, was awarded for services to Association Football, Anti-Racism and Charity. Cammy uh, clocked up 777 career appearances and 85 goals and 298 of those appearances were for the red and white Swindon Town and 32 of his 85 goals came for us as well. Notably, Swindon Town's first black player and Cammy represented nine English professional clubs, including Bradford, Middlesbrough, Portsmouth, um, Brentford and of course ourselves over two decades before he went on to manage Bradford and Stoke. Uh, more recently, Cammy's been fighting a battle with a praxia of speech and he's been very, very open with his documentaries on that, which you really will find superbly moving. Um, what a character. I played against Cammy um, in the Paolo Di Canio charity game and uh, Cammy scored a penalty past me and in doing so put his hamstring out. But what a character, both on and off the pitch that night. He is literally exactly the same in person as he is on camera. Um and I know that the apraxia of the speech had a, put a real dent in Chris's confidence. Um, I think he described himself as feeling like a bit of a fraud in media terms. But um, there's not a football fan in the country that wouldn't tell Cammy uh, to button it and uh, just get on with doing what he's doing because we love him, whether it's a apraxia of the speech or not. James Milner, MBE was awarded for services to football and charity. Milner's career, unbelievable, still going strong and rumours of a, of a contract extension at Liverpool for next season. Milner's 829 career appearances, 61 England caps, and has played for seven absolutely gargantuan football clubs in England. Of course, top of that list are the mighty Reds of Swindon Town, where he played six appearances on loan from Leeds United and scored two goals. Still remains to be one of those very, very rare players that served Swindon Town for a short period of time, but left the club with stand innovation. There wasn't a single minute wasted on the pitch and not a single James Milner shirt that wasn't drenched in sweat and blood from his appearances for Swindon Town. Um, one of those players that doesn't get back to the county ground anywhere near as much as he should do, um, but would get an absolute rapturous, absolute rapturous round of applause if he did. So again, in summary, Mike Sumby, congratulations on your OBE. Chris Kamara, massive congratulations on your MBE. And James Milner, former loan legend, congratulations on your MBE. Joe, Chris, Arch, and obviously Ellis, congratulations. Joe, thanks ever so much for tonight, mate. Really, really enjoyed Thank that. Thank you very much. Yeah, to be honest, the, the section of singing was probably my favourite ever. Tom Broadbent Lounge, maybe half an hour of my life. It was amazing. <laughs> Very special, very special. But they've got some guts, though. Okay. You know, I'm going to um, I'm going to have a busy time with the next couple of days. Is actually making some fun clips of this to uh, sort of push out on our socials. I think. Well, you you enjoy doing that. I think we will have a lot of fun back to it. Chris, thanks ever so much for tonight, mate. Really appreciate your show. Appreciate life's busy at the moment. And also, one one last thing to mention though, when we talk about James Milner, I think it was um. It was a bit of a, a, a Andy King, Peter Reid sort of deal there as well. But how good was he? He oh, was ridiculous. absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he was the antithesis of you're playing a bit below yourself here, mate. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only player we've had on loan as well. I sort of will will we'll actually link to to him because he was just equally as good with Michael Carrick. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Michael Carrick and, and and yet played in a very very different position for the bulk of his career at a very very top level. 
um, what a player he was for us. But of course, I mean, listen, one day we'll 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 have a show where we try and get a few of these lone legends on because you get me going now. You you'll get me going with Roy Wegley, Tim Flowers, Shay Given. We've had them, haven't we, over the years? We have absolutely had them. Oh, what, my- oh we have, we have, and uh, yeah, it will be it will be good to sort of get a reflection of what they think. Like, I mean, most of these twenty years on. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. It's crazy yeah. how, how the game has moved on in that time. And in many ways, we haven't, sadly. But um, thanks ever so much, Chris. And, and and last but not certainly not least, obviously Ellis has gone already. My erstwhile son, um, it's living the student dream down in Bournemouth, mate. Ha- thanks ever so much for coming on, Arch. Yeah, I'd like to give my sincerest apologies for that um, interruption from the, uh, from the sirens there. Um, I haven't been arrested. I just lent on the Twitter soundboard and uh, it set it off. Um, so, you, yeah, just, I'll keep that in mind for next time. You have to um, sing as compensation, Arch. Oh, yeah. Jesus. It was, it was literally almost gave me a heart attack. I've, I've lent on it. All of a sudden, I hear sirens going off. I'm just like, Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> All right. Well, dear listener, there you are, my glorious panel. And what a night it's been. We've had everything from the um, Swindon Town Women's Football Club um, singing their songs to insights into Tom Brewitt, a review of Leighton Orient, what a day that was, and a preview of uh, Carlisle. And, and obviously, we've wrapped up with the Raw record. Oh, wait, Hannah's wait. Before we go, we need some predictions. Oh, man. Come on, it's, mid- it's midnight. Can't we save that for Saturday? Midnight predictions. <laughs> no. No, keep your powder dry. We've got a show to do on Saturday. We'll save it for <laughs> Right, dear listener, it's been our absolute pleasure. We're an independent fans Twitter space here at the Saturn Broadbent Lounge, so our views do not represent those of Swindon Town Football Club, contrary to what the trolls might have you believe, or indeed Sir Tom Broadbent himself. It's been our absolute pleasure entertaining you for the last three hours. I really look forward to seeing your your smiling faces um, and uh, and hopefully hearing your encouragement from the stands on Saturday um, when the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge will be making its debut as your new on-pitch announcer at the county ground alongside Jay up in the DJ box. Take great care of yourself, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, come on, you Reds. <laughs>